Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. We all waited for this. We'll explain that in just about a minute, but right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and of course, we are in the Fox Sports Radio studios, and here's the guy, the man of the hour, my partner, my friend, the hardest working man in radio today, wishing him a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, all rolled up at the one, the one, the only, Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? What's wrong? Well, oh, 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 I know, I know. Here's the thing, Andy Furman. I know. Uh-oh. It's always good to be here with you on a Sunday morning as we talk some college ball, we preview all the NFL games. I'm very happy to be here, but I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't licking my wounds this morning, being a diehard Notre Dame fan and watching that last night. Oh my gosh, that was brutal. You know, I could have come on here. Although I would not do that to you because you're a friend. And it is the kind of joyous time of the year. But I could have gone up and started out saying, where's your Irish now? Yeah, where's your Notre Dame now? Yeah. But I didn't do that because I'm not that kind of a guy. But 30-3, to I mean, really and truly, you know, to me, they're a bunch of frauds. Now I'm going to get – now you made me crazy because you brought them up. Wait a minute. Wait wait, wait a minute. You just said I I, I wouldn't do this and then you did it. But you brought it it up. And and now you're just laying into me. You're going to get on my bad side right from the beginning here, Andy Furman. I can tell. That game was ugly. 
And to me, you're going to tell me that this is the best four teams in the country right now? Look, I understand that Clemson and Alabama, one and two, great. I have no problem there, and I'm not surprised. I don't think anybody is surprised. But that game last night, what they saw in the first 10 minutes, there are a lot of clicks on the TV sets after that, believe me. People just turned it off and watched something else. It was embarrassing. It was disgusting. And believe me, I'd rather have seen Washington, Georgia, Auburn, or maybe UCF on the mm. field than Notre oh, Dame. How's that? Now, now you've stooped to yes, such yes. a level that I, I just can't respect that, Andy Furman. Like, you are... In terms of the body of work with UCF, you are anti-UCF. <laughs> Just in terms of the body of work, all right? nothing personal. And uh, you know uh, as well as I do, a team like UCF doesn't deserve to be there more than Notre Dame. And here's the deal. When it comes to Georgia, don't lose by 20 to LSU. We can't sit here and pretend like these olds don't matter. They do. Okay, like They probably would have fared a lot better than Notre Dame did. Granted. That doesn't mean that they earn their way in. You don't earn your way in by losing to LSU by 20 points and having two losses on your resume. Sorry, do better. I have no sympathy for you. And as far as Ohio State goes, you guys should shut up right now because you got rolled by Purdue. Did you see Purdue in their bowl game? They're losing 56-7 to at halftime. So I want to hear it from the Ohio State faithful. You guys you can know, pipe I, down and go it, in your it's quarter. It's great. It's great that you have to pull out everything out of your closet except Notre Dame. You're pulling out Purdue. You're pulling out UCF. Andy, you're pulling out every Andy, other school hey, in the hey, country. Hey, hey, wait a minute here. It's a two-person show. I don't want to go on a three-minute <laughs> diatribe over here. That was a portion of it. If you want me to focus on Notre Dame, that was pathetic. Thank you. That That's was all I absolutely to hear. atrocious. That's all I wanted and, to hear. Yeah, and, and it's one of these, Andy. I'll tell you real quickly. If you look at Oklahoma... And how they were losing 28 to nothing like that. You just snapped your fingers and you're like, they're down by four touchdowns already. In 17 minutes. The first 17 minutes of the ball game, they were down 28 zip. It was like role reversal because Notre Dame hung at the beginning and then the next three quarters happened and it was a boat race. The point I'm trying to make is, as a Notre Dame diehard, if Notre Dame was going to lose, I at least wanted them to lose respectfully. Like Oklahoma did. Oklahoma battled. Oklahoma put up a bunch of points, gained a bunch of yards against Alabama's defense. That was a respectable performance. What Notre Dame did against Clemson wasn't in any way even bordering respectable. That was just awful. That's all it was. And I'm going to go one step further. I'm in your corner, believe it or not. I'm a Brian Kelly guy. I love Brian Kelly. I was very good friends with him when he coached the University of Cincinnati. So I did have a dog in this fight. I was rooting for Notre Dame, but it was disgusting. And now all of a sudden, all the Notre Dame haters are coming out of the closet because not only did they get embarrassed last night losing 30-3, to everybody's coming out of the closet saying, well, now Notre Dame is 0-3 in New Year's Bowls, on uh, New Year's Six Bowls, uh, and, and back to 2012 when they had like, something like 116-45 to point differential. And they want to go back. Notre Dame is now 0-7 in such games since 1994. The last time the Irish now won a postseason game this big, you know that, and I know it, it's the Cotton Bowl back over Texas A&M. I think it was 24-21 was the final game. So all the Notre Dame haters are coming out of the closet right now because of last night's loss. Yeah, and you knew that was going to happen. That's just part of the drill. And, you know, what's funny is there were a lot of people that were coming out of the woodwork as far as opposing Oklahoma. 
when they were down 28 to nothing, it was the same song and dance. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma's in there, but this team couldn't have done better. This team wasn't better than Oklahoma. And all of a sudden, the rest of the game plays out, and Oklahoma holds up their end of the bargain. Well, like, Oklahoma, I think they fared better than Ohio State would have. I think that Georgia probably would have hung better, but like we've got to go back to what is your body of work? Like we can't just dismiss losses as if they don't matter. Because if you look at Notre Dame's body of work throughout the regular season, it's a respectable body of work. They beat some good teams. They went 12 and 0. I think they earned their way in there. And while Georgia was probably a better team than Notre Dame. They didn't earn their way in. Don't lose two games. Don't get blown out by 20 and come crying to me like you deserve to be there. You don't. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you this, and I think this is the bottom line right here. Yes, they deserve to be there on their body of work through the season. What they did last night, they stunk up the joint. But I have a bigger question to ask you because I watched the game. I watched it intently. I really did. I want to know why. And this is a big question. It really is. I want to know why when the camera zoomed into Brian Kelly, why is he wearing a watch? Why would a coach wear a watch on his wrist during a football game? Does he have an appointment in the third quarter? I mean, why is why would a coach wear a wristwatch during a game? Unless he's afraid to leave it in the locker room and might get stolen maybe by one of his players. I don't know. But why is a coach wearing a watch? To me, I, I even asked my wife for watching the game last night. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Why would you wear a watch? Two things. Okay, thank you. The things that go through your head, Andy Furman, and the things that go through your head that cause a reaction like this. I can just picture you with your wife. Why is he wearing the watch? What is exactly. the watch? What's with the watch? What are you doing? Are you trying to tell time? What, what, can you tell 40 times on that wristwatch? What, what, what's the reason Thank for the you. watch? Like, you're just Bye. all wound up about this coach wearing a watch. I love it. So one of the reasons why I love you, Andy Furman. Thank you, and I love you too. So we move on. We have no answer. We didn't figure out why he's wearing a watch. And the next time I see Brian Kelly when he comes to Cincinnati to recruit high school kids, I'm going to ask him, you had to watch on during the game. Why? I mean, are you looking? You couldn't wait for the game? You want to play running clock? Is that what you wanted to do? The SD officials to play running clock maybe? I don't know. Andy, just, but he, here's the thing, man. With the wristwatch to the side, because I don't have a great answer for you. Thank you. All these people that are talking about, oh, this team should have been there and Notre Dame shouldn't have or Oklahoma shouldn't have or whatever. Like, here's the deal. Just because a blowout happens in the playoff doesn't mean those teams were not deserving whatsoever beforehand. Like, look at other instances. Like, Take March Madness. Take the NFL playoffs. Take anything where you see a team get obliterated. Remember when the Broncos lost to the Seahawks 43-8? to That didn't mean all of a sudden that the Broncos shouldn't have been there. And people right. can't wrap their minds around this because they're like, well, Brian, it's a playoff. They won their way in there. It's the same concept when it comes to the college football playoff. Just because a team gets blown out in the playoff doesn't mean that they didn't belong in the playoff. That's the way it goes. You have no reason to defend the point of matter that Notre Dame didn't belong there, and they did belong there. They did. They got blown out. It happens. And I'll tell you something else. We'll go one step further. Alabama and Clemson are so much above the other two teams that were there, Oklahoma and Notre Dame, and it showed. It was like a varsity against the JV. Alabama and Clemson, I'm not surprised they're going to play one another because they deserve to play one another. They're one and two in the country, and they're great football teams. They 
They really are. And this should be a great championship game on the 7th of January. But when you look at Oklahoma and you look at Notre Dame, they fall way short of the talent level of Alabama and Clemson. Agreed? No. No, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't agree with that, Andy. It's like, look, boat races happen. It just happens in college football, in football in general. Like I, again, I'll go back to the forty-three to eight drubbing where Seattle took down Denver, and there were chirpy Seahawks players after that game. They're like, "Oh yeah, if we played this a hundred times, we'd win." I forget what they said, like 95, ninety-five. It was like, "No, you wouldn't stop it." Like sometimes games get out of hand. Like It doesn't mean that just because one team gets blown out by the other that the talent disparity is nowhere even close. Granted, Clemson has better talent than Notre Dame. Is it like Bama versus the Citadel in terms of talent level? No, it's not that drastically different. And I think that as far as Bama and Clemson go, just because Notre Dame stunk up the joint yesterday and Bama raced out to a 28-0 lead on Oklahoma, it doesn't mean that Alabama and Clemson are that much superior than everybody else in college football. Go back to that Georgia SEC championship game. Georgia is right there with Alabama. So I wouldn't look at the rest of the college football landscape based on Notre Dame stinking it up and say, no one is even near their zip code whatsoever. I just don't agree with that. Okay, but you would agree that you're not shocked that Alabama is playing Clemson in the championship game. Because those no, two teams, no, of okay. course not. Okay, okay yeah. great. And I'll tell you what this really tells us, because I think you have to take something away from this whole tournament and the games yesterday. It tells me that most of these arguments will be on the wayside if they expanded the tournament, have more teams mm-hmm. in there. And I, that's what I, I'd love to see that. Then there wouldn't be an argument saying that maybe Washington, maybe Georgia, maybe Auburn, maybe one of those teams should have been in there. Well, put them in there and we'll see. Open it up. I have no problem opening it up. Well, I, I've said many times I won't go kicking and screaming into the night if you expand it to eight teams. To me, it's how you do it. I don't want anything to do with automatic berths. I want the top eight teams. Just earn your way in there. I don't want any automatics because I think you can get some teams that don't belong anywhere near the top eight. But if they expanded it to the top eight and that was the playoff, fine. That's great. I don't now have wait an a minute. issue Time with out. that. If they expand it to eight, then you UCF would probably get in. UCF would get in if yeah. they spin it to eight. That's, that's, that's totally fine. All right, I don't okay. have an issue with that. Like they are, I don't have an issue with them being number eight in the nation right now. So that, that's fine. Well, I, I'm not against UCF in all capacities. I'm just against them when people are trying to shoehorn them into the college football playoff as it stands right now with four teams. They're nowhere near that in terms of their body of work and deserving to be one of those teams. They haven't played anybody. you got to play better competition to be one of the top four teams. But if you expand this thing and they were one of the eight teams, yeah, no problem. So they're in and they'd get crushed, which would be fine with me. I'd have no issue with that. We may have opened up a hornet's nest, and that's okay, because should you want to comment, you could do that on Twitter. How? At The No Show. That's at The NOE Show. At Andy Furman, FSR. We'll read them. We'll retweet them for you. We'll get in some discussion. Also, if you'd like, 877-99 on Fox is our phone number. That translates to 877-996-6369. And, of course, to line up in this hour, 
Bronx Talk Radio at the end of the hour. Hour number two, bottom barrel betting, and an hour number three, Alex Marvez. Who is he? He's the Sheik. He's Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider. Follow that up with nose picks. But we're going to tell you who has the edge. That's next. He lost the Heisman, but won the game. We'll get to that in just about a minute. 20 past the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian Noam, Andy Furman. And, of course, we are rolling today. Rolling, rolling, rolling. A lot of discussion on the table. 877-99 on Fox is our number. Or at the No Show, NOE Show, or at Andy Furman FSR. And I'll tell you something, B. You got a, you got a friend. You got a supporter. You really yeah. do. Yeah, his name okay. is Justin Vance, and he sent the tweet out. And uh, really, I, I guess I owe you an apology because Justin Vance says, "I love how Andy Furman says he isn't here to rain on your parade." And then he proceeded, <laughs> and then he said he proceeded to crap all over you. I, I didn't think I crapped all over oh, you. Oh my but, gosh! Oh my goodness! All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just uh, the very beginning of the show. You were like, hey, you know, I, I, I wouldn't do like, uh, I wouldn't hit you with the, and you did that voice. You're like, how are you Irish now? Or, are you Irish did now? That. Yeah. And you did it. You're like, I, I wouldn't do that, but you did it. And then you go on, and just like Justin Vance said, you proceeded to just, you know, whiz all over the place when it comes to the Irish being there in the first place. Let me ask you this, Andy Furman. Seriously. Yes, yes. Do you believe that they should not have been there? Did you believe that before any game was played between Notre well, Dame and Clemson? You know. You know as well as I okay. do, when we, when we had the show prior to the final four selections, I was kind of pushing for Georgia. I was pushing for Georgia, okay? But at, at the end of the day, I'd have to say that what they did with their body of work and they're undefeated, they deserve to be there. They deserve to be there. They really did. Did they have a great performance yesterday? No. And, and it happens. Oh. I, I get that. I really do. Things like that happen. It was disgusting. I mean, 30-3, to three, they couldn't find the end zone. It was disgusting. Maybe the stage was too big. Whatever the reason, it happens. It happens in sports all the time. College level, pro level, you see one team dominates another team on one given day. That's why they play the game. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you got to question yourself, why are we going down to the last day of the season to try to get into the playoffs when two weeks ago we lost to Oakland? It happens, right? Well, and I would look at these Georgia players. A lot of them were tweeting last night, and it was like, oh, the best four teams get in, huh? Hashtag exposed. That was my favorite hashtag yeah, from Georgia was. players. Exposed. That's but so great. here's the deal. Andy, do you think that if Georgia and LSU teed it up 10 more times, do you think Georgia would lose by 20 each of those times? No, of course no, not. No, I don't either. But it happened. So to act like Notre Dame would lose to Clemson 30-3 to or somewhere around those lines every single time, I just don't buy that. And I don't buy that because of one horrific result, and it was nasty last night, that all of a sudden, well, they got it wrong. College football playoff, they shouldn't have let in the 12-0 and Irish who played a respectable schedule. I don't believe that at all. It's an overreaction to me. This is, it's like Monday morning quarterback. It's a convenient second guess. If you weren't yelling from the mountaintops that Notre Dame didn't belong in the college football playoff before they got hammered by Clemson, I don't want to hear it now. Right. Like, you should be first guessing before you're second guessing. And if you were sitting there like, well, it makes sense that the Irish are in there, I don't want to hear your hot take now that they didn't belong in the first place. And I'll twist things around for you. If Notre Dame was team number five looking on the window pane trying to get in and Georgia was in and Georgia got socked pretty good instead of Notre Dame, you'd hear the same thing for Notre Dame fans. That's just the way sports fans are. And it would be equally ridiculous. Right. Like this, the games matter. 
Like as much as these people that are arguing for the best four teams want to just put to the side results, like the results matter. Ohio State, you can't get blown out by Purdue and expect to be a playoff team. L- Georgia, you can't lose by 20 to LSU, have two losses on your resume, and expect to get in against an undefeated Notre Dame team. It's not going to happen. I'm with Sorry. you about that. And, and as bad as that loss was, I mean, I'm watching the Alabama-Oklahoma game, which ended up 45-34, but in the first 15 to 17 minutes, Alabama led 28-0. I'm looking to watch 48 hours on CBS. I'm ready to switch <laughs> the channel, really. I mean, it's disgusting. This is raw. This is what we waited for? All year, from, from August till now, and this is the best we could get, but it shows you, I guess, the division of these teams. We knew the defense in that Big 12 was terrible, and Oklahoma's defense is terrible. It was terrible. It was. It really was. It was, but Kyler Murray put on a show. I, he was really, really dynamic last night against Bama's defense and how quick he is, all the rush yardage mixed with the passing yards. Yeah, he rushed for 109 yards and a touchdown last night on top of his 308 yards passing with two touchdown passes on top of it. So Oklahoma was off to a horrific start. You blinked and they were down 28 nothing, right. And they came back. That was a respectable performance by Oklahoma. So... I'll say this, Andy, moving off of the did Notre Dame belong to be there, belong in there or not. If you look at Alabama, Alabama is the best team in college football, yet they are overrated. People act like Alabama is absolutely bulletproof, don't even show up, they're mighty, they will just roll you. I didn't see that last night. I saw them get off to a really impressive start, and then the rest of the game happened. And Kyler Murray is more than holding up his end of the bargain. To act like Alabama would just steamroll through everybody in college football, I don't buy it at all. You look at Georgia, Georgia was right there. It's a tie ball game with three minutes to go, and Georgia pulls a fake punt on 4th and 11. Right. To, to make it sound like Bama would take down the worst team in the NFL and all these things, the praise just goes way too far with Alabama. They are not... A juggernaut to that degree where they're going to steamroll everybody. Well, I will say this. I have to take exception when you use the term overrated. Until they're beaten, you have to say that that statement is somewhat true. They are. No. Maybe, no. I, why not? I, I want to know why. They're undefeated. I just told you. Oh, come on. But they haven't lost. Okay? Until they yeah. lose. They're, UCF they're, hasn't lost either. <laughs> they're not, they're right? not even in the pick. Don't even bring I, them I, I in know. here, please. I, I, know, I know. But that's the thing is you can't just look at an undefeated record and say they're unbeatable. You know who – the team that comes to mind is a great example. Notre Dame. Yeah, your no, Notre Dame was no, no, undefeated. No, no. The Patriots. The 07 Patriots. Because they were 18-0. and 0. People are saying the same thing that you're saying right now about Alabama. Oh, they're bulletproof. And I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're not. There were a couple of close games. I remember them playing uh, the Ravens. It was a close game in 07. The Eagles played them tough. There were a couple of close games. And I kept on saying they're not bulletproof. They're undefeated. That doesn't mean that they're unbeatable. It just means they haven't been beaten yet. Alabama, they are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But to act like they can't be beaten because they haven't been beaten yet is crazy. Georgia was a whisker away from beating them, and yet these people still bang the drum that Alabama, it's just no doubt, just pencil them in, national champs, no way, no how, that Clemson? Could knock them off? It's crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. I'm coming over to your side for a second. Yeah, they're undefeated, and they're a powerhouse, and they're a juggernaut. However, I would not be shocked if Clemson beat them, because I think Clemson can beat them. 
I really do. Will they beat them? I don't know. The line right now early on, I think Alabama's like six-point favorites. Right. I believe. So, but still yep. in all, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. But Tua, who basically maybe now everybody's crying that he should have won the Heisman. He threw for 318 last night, had four touchdowns. The game was tight. But Tua put it out of reach in the fourth. Take a listen to this. On the play-action fake, here's a slant across the middle, over the top, Jerry Judy, touchdown Alabama, 13 yards, a great touch over the top to Jerry Judy. How do you like that? Jerry Judy, what a great name in college football, you know? Eli Gold, do you think Vern Lundquist still... Like blushes over Eli Gold cuts. Do you remember when Vern Lundquist was doing the SEC games for CBS? I love every single time. He's like, here is the uh, incomparable Eli Gold. He's just beaming from ear to ear. I think Vern still listens to Eli. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I'm sure he does, and I can't understand how Eli even got that job. Eli Gold's a kid from Brooklyn, New York. How in the hell he got that job down there is way beyond (laughs) me. But you know what? He's been a I guess he's like a fixture. He's a fixture with yeah. that football team. He really is. And he does a great job. I'm not trying to say he doesn't. It's just uh, Vern Lundquist loved that guy. And yes, he uh, did. I'll tell you, you know, it's the funny thing is with Alabama, I mean, they were dominant when they had the ball offensively. Uh, but it was a weird night. Like some of those touchdowns were just so easy, and then you'd turn around and Oklahoma would make some good defensive plays. It was similar with Notre Dame. If you watch that game against Clemson, and trust me, Andy, this is not me going full blown homer on you, especially in the first half. Notre Dame played decent defense, but they give up these monstrous plays. Yeah. They give up these huge chunk plays. And, I mean, that's all that it takes for you to be down 23-3 to at halftime. But I'm watching it. I'm like, play after play after play, it was good defense. It was great run support. It was, oh, good uh, a pass defense. And then you'd blink, and it's like, oh, they just hit. It was a 60-some-yard touchdown pass. You're like, what happened? How can you be that good in nine plays, and then that 10th play you give up a 50-plus-yard touchdown pass? It was crazy. And there's one thing that we don't discuss, and I think that you're talking about kids between the ages of 18 and 22, the adrenaline the adrenaline factor on a big stage. I, I think that really and truly means something in a game like that. Some of these kids look like they were shell-shocked. Really. I mean, the, for the first 17 minutes when they were down 28-zip, you had to believe they were shell-shocked. They came back. I give Oklahoma credit. They could have folded the tent. It could have been really ugly. They came back. Yeah, I think that... I mean, look, people talk about the stage quite a bit. And I think that in the Notre Dame game, when you start to feel it slip, you know, when you start to feel a game slip, you start to press. That happens no matter what the stage is. And Notre Dame certainly tried to do that defensively, and they got burned a couple of times because they're pressing. As far as Oklahoma goes, I mean, Bama got off to a great start. It happens. I just don't buy the stage argument when it comes to Oklahoma, as if they haven't played big-time games before. You know, I, I know that's a bump up in stage, but I think that sometimes bad starts happen, and it's just not completely a byproduct of the stage itself. No doubt about that, but we move on. Brian No, Andy Furman together. We call this Fox Football Sunday, and it's going to be a real tight squeeze. That's next, but first to our guy. Welcome, Brian Fenley, for the latest. Hey, hey, guys. What's going on? Don't act like we didn't see this coming. Alabama and Clemson will play in the national championship. Yes, once again, the third time in four years. Actually, the team who wins 
will be the first college football squad to win 15 games in a season since Penn in 1897. <laughs> in Saturday's semifinals, as we go back to what happened over the weekend, Bama downed Oklahoma 45-34, to and Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa had four touchdowns. Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray had 308 through the air and accounted for three scores and also ran it for over 100 yards. After the game, Murray told reporters he had not put much thought on whether he's focusing on baseball or giving it a go in the NFL draft. I don't, and I know you guys probably want to sound off on this too, but I don't buy that because the A's wouldn't be happy if he went and played in the NFL, especially with that nearly $5 million signing bonus he picked up for that as well with the A's. Meantime, you need to make good choices like Kyler Murray will have to, Kyler Murray will have to make pretty soon and with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you are ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True cash offer not available in all areas. And in the other semifinal on Saturday, Trevor Lawrence, a future Heisman candidate in his own right, had 330 Excuse me, 327 yards passing and three touchdowns in Clemson's 30 to 30 victory over the Fighting Irish, Notre Dame. Since 2012, the Irish are 0 and 3 in New Year's Six Bowls and National Championship games with a combined point differential of 116.45, and that brings up the point that a lot of Georgia fans are now wondering why aren't we in the college football playoff? Back to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. See you in about an hour. Welcome. Welcome to our little party over here. Welcome, welcome. How do you like that? Now, problem or solution, Is, that's coming well, well, right up. How do I'm you sorry, like Andy. Was, like the last part of that, was it Georgia wondering why they're not in? Is that what it was, Andy? Uh, the Georgia fan, the fan base. I'm sure they're on Twitter. Yeah, I haven't yeah. looked. Yeah, right. Let you them lost keep on by, wondering. Because yeah. you lost by 20 to LSU and you had two losses on your resume. That's why. Do better. You're right. And I mean, stop crying to me. They knew that the day they were not selected, so don't come back again after yeah. the game. I mean, you knew that back then, so forget it. It's over. You're not there. You're home watching it on TV like everybody else. Now, we got Bronx Talk Radio coming up in less than 10 minutes, but let's get to the NFL because this is a big day for the NFL today for a lot of teams. And you know what? We'll see what happens. Now, we got the, I, I know maybe we shouldn't be starting with this game, but it is a big game because in the AFC North, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, maneuvering going on. The Browns are at the Ravens, okay? Browns have won five of the last six with Lamar Jackson. Jackson, a quarterback. Last week they beat the Bengals, but everybody beats the Bengals. Ravens are on a roll. They beat the Chargers last week. If the Browns win today, it'll be their third winning season since 1999. But I want to talk a little bit with you about Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Why is it such a big deal over this so-called Hugh Jackson stare that he gets? That's all I heard all week long. Last week, Baker had 284 yards, three touchdowns. Nick Chubb's around for 112. And all I hear all week long, and he, I thought that Baker handled it well. During the news conferences during the week, and to me, he had no problem. I mean, I have no problem with him staring down Hugh Jackson because after Hugh Jackson got the heave ho from Cleveland as coach, all Hugh Jackson did was go on a media tour, throwing that team under the bus. And and I think that Baker Mayfield did some of uniting his team together, showing his teammates that he's the guy. He's the guy. We're not going to let this guy uh, break us apart. I, I could not disagree more with I knew, you, I knew Andy it. Furman. I knew it. Like, I, I can't, like, okay, here's the thing: when Hugh Jackson was fired and he went on the media tour, yeah. he didn't. I've heard this all week. He didn't do anything that would warrant Baker Mayfield 
treating Hugh Jackson the way he has. Initially, with Hugh going to the Bengals after he was fired and Baker Mayfield having a problem with it, to this last week and the stare down. There wasn't anything Hugh Jackson said to completely throw Baker Mayfield under the bus. He wasn't like, this guy is a hack quarterback. He stinks. I couldn't win games with him. You'll see. He's no good. He didn't say anything like that. So for everybody to be like, oh, well, Hugh Jackson was throwing the Browns under the bus, so this is warranted. No, it wasn't. It didn't happen. Like, you're making stuff up. Hugh Jackson didn't crush Baker Mayfield on the media tour after he was fired. It didn't but you know happen. What? He crushed it by not playing him. Tyrod Taylor was his guy. He didn't want to play. And that's why they ba- see Baker Mayfield's a guy that has made it in life because he had chips on his shoulder. And I think people need incentives and motivation. And that's his motivation. He did it in college when he transferred to Oklahoma. He's doing it now in the pros. People need a little bit of a chip on your some too. I mean, some don't, but he did. And he does. He has that chip on his shoulder. That's his motivational device. And I guess you Jackson was a chip on his shoulder because he didn't play him. He didn't want okay, to play fine. Him. You can still have a chip on your shoulder without acting like a clown. And that's exactly what Baker Mayfield did. By staring down Hugh Jackson, that's such a fake tough guy move. What do you think? <laughs> Hugh Jackson's going to like throw his headset down? They're going to throw down at the middle of the field? No. Nothing's going to happen. You know who has a chip on his shoulder? Aaron Rodgers. Can you see Aaron Rodgers... If Mike McCarthy is on the sideline of some other team and he's an assistant head coach, you think Aaron Rodgers is going to stare down Mike McCarthy the same way that Baker Mayfield stared down Hugh Jackson? Do you think that's going to happen, Andy? No, not with Aaron no, Rodgers. And why not? But it's why, with ben why would that not happen? Maybe because he's more mature. He's a different oh, animal. Oh, exactly. Okay, yes. but so you, people try to explain you can't compare away one person to another. People are different. Sure, I can. Sure, yeah, I can. Well, this thought of this thought of well, Baker Mayfield has a chip on his shoulder, and yeah, Andy, there are a lot of times that served him for good, but not in this instance. This is him acting like a complete unprofessional clown and people celebrating it like, oh, this is awesome. No, it's not. He's acting like an idiot. And to explain this away, like, oh, it's, awesome. it's really served him well. No, it has, it's made him look small. It's made well, him look like he's giving so much attention to someone that is, in the grand scheme of things, small potatoes. Right, there's no <laughs> to doubt. do what he did was But the silly. Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Brown fan base shouldn't be surprised, or anybody in, in the, I guess, opposed to Baker Mayfield's actions shouldn't be surprised because they saw when he grabbed his crotch in college when they were playing Kansas. They saw when they played Ohio State when he stuck the flag at midfield. These are some of the things, these are the antics that he does that he's capable of doing and will continue to do so because that's his genetic makeup. That's his DNA. That's him. Baker Mayfield is the most overrated player in the NFL by far. And that doesn't mean it's a little bit like I said with Alabama. (laughs) Thank you, Iowa Sam. I like that. A little punctuation mark at the end. Wow. Wow. It's it's similar. See, now you're going with the skill set. Stick with one thing. Is it the skill set or is it personality? You got to hear something real quickly, Andy. Go ahead. I've said that Alabama, although great, they are overrated. When you're talking about them beating the worst NFL team, it's like, you're crazy. You're taking it way too far how supposedly great Alabama is. That doesn't mean they stink. It just means people are taking it too far. As far as Baker Mayfield goes, all things considered, he's had a pretty good rookie season. Yep. All right, But to act like this guy has arrived, this guy is a stud, he is unbelievable, it's taken way too far. So when I say he's overrated, I just want to explain, I'm not telling you he can't play whatsoever. I'm telling you he can't play as well as the mainstream reaction would lead you to believe he is. He's only overrated by the Cleveland Brown fan base because they've been so starved for a winner for so long. That's why he's overrated by them.
I don't think he's overrated on the national basis. And honestly, oh, gosh. He, may, he may win the rookie of the year, but Saquon Barkley should be getting the rookie of the year, not, not him. That's he's my, the UC. I agree with you. He's the UCF of NFL quarterbacks. Could be. He's beaten. Could be. He's beaten the Bengals twice. He's beaten the Falcons. Beaten the Broncos. Who cares? Beat someone good, and I'll give you some props. And I'm with you. look, I understand you beat who's in front of you and all those things. Okay, great, got it. But I want to see him beat the big boys. I want to see what he does today against a really good Baltimore Ravens defense who's playing for a playoff spot. No doubt. If he shows out today and picks up where he leaves off this season into next season and he's taking down tough defenses and tough teams, I'll be like, hey, you know what? I'm wrong. This dude's balling. But he hasn't done that yet. And to throw rose petals at his feet, it is so premature. And on top of that, to just love every little antic that's going on. The stare down of Hugh Jackson and the questioning of Hugh Jackson having the audacity of taking another paycheck after being fired is moronic. That it is, is moronic. so stupid. I mean, how do you hold it against a guy who wants to get a job? Are you going to say, I don't want the guy to work? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You know, if, I'm, if I'm let go today and I love working with you and I happen to get a job at WXYZ in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, yeah. are you going to hold it against me? I don't think no. so. I would hope not. No. That, anybody that's a rational thinking human being wouldn't. But Baker Mayfield is not one of those people. Like, that's just the bottom line. I'm here. Yeah, well, yeah go I mean, ahead. Cleveland's getting five and a half today. Cleveland's getting five and a half, and Baltimore's <laughs> on the roll. And I'll tell you something else. I look for the Baltimore Ravens to squash the Cleveland Browns today because the game means something for them because they could clinch the AFC North with a win or a Steelers loss today. I just don't know how much squashing Baltimore can do the way that they play football. You know, when they run the ball that much and – they're not going to have as many explosive plays as, say, the Chiefs offense with the passing attack where it's going to be more of a grinded-out style. And I just don't think that they play a style that lends itself to boat-racing opponents. I think they can win convincingly today, but to win by, what, like three, four touchdowns? I don't know if they play a style where you're going to see that. You might see it once, twice a season, but I think they just play a grinded-out style you're going to see maybe around a 7-10 to 10 point game today, but I don't think it's going to be crazy out of hand. We'll see about that. I tell you right now, I don't think Baker gets into the end zone one-on-once today. How's that? Hmm. We'll see. I could see that. It's possible, we'll yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. Brian, no Andy Furman. I'll tell you right now, some streets are full of gold. These are full of noise. Bronx Talk Radio is freaking next. Bronx Talk Radio coming right up. About 12 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And your host, the man who's full of it, the one and only Sammy K. Do it! Guys, it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Get out of here! Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio, hosted by the great Sammy K. All right, you dirtbags. Huh? One more time for 2018, then you're done. You're done in this town. I'm shipping your you're filthy hides. You're cutting us off? You're shipping your filthy hides to the tannery. But before we get to 2019, let's do this one more time, all right? It's Bama, and it's Clemson again. You know damn well I'm going to be watching this game. It's the bout for all the marbles. 
But are we getting a little weary, a little tired, a little fatigued at Bama versus Clemson once again? You tell me. Andy? No, absolutely oh, freaking not. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Andy, you go oh, ahead. He called like, on you. You go you first. You know what, though? This is the two best teams in college football. But you know what it's coming out to be? It's like a poor man's Cleveland Cavaliers Golden State Warriors final. Every year we know what it is in November. But I have no problem watching no. the number one, number two team playing. No problem at all. I completely freaking disagree with you, Andy Furman. You like, always do. I want to see yeah. Wake Forest versus Oregon State in the next year. We didn't know for sure. It wasn't sealed that it was going to be Bama and freaking Clemson at the beginning of the year. You're making stuff up at this point. Like they it's started not a one and two, didn't it's they? those two teams. We didn't know it was going to be those two teams at the beginning of the season. But they were one and two, just like Sammy said. And lo and behold, no, what they we were going to be the two teams left standing at the freaking end. Otherwise, we would have gone to Vegas. We made a pile of cash on that thing. I just don't see why they can't play this under the beautiful lights. Uh, Who Yankee the hell Stadium. is this? Who let you in? <laughs> why is this game the Gabadagoo. The Gabadagoo chiming in over there the top row. I'm all sorry. Let's move on. Gabadagoo. Furman sleeps with the fishes. Right. Okay. All right. Let's move on here. Earlier on that day, we saw Michigan get guillotined by Florida. Where do the Michigan Wolverines and the head coach Jim Harbaugh go from here? Three straight years, three straight thuds to end the season. Bowing Tell out to the Bucks and in the Bulls. Gopher, What's he might as well on? go to the Minnesota Gophers. All right, all right. Where do they there, go? Gamble. They go to 2019. Right. Sammy K. Reload, they, quote unquote, and Jim Harbaugh, he has not gotten it freaking done. There's no way you could say that he has. He's lost to Ohio State every time. He stinks it up in bowl games. This guy's getting what? paid a boatload okay, well, of money to then? deliver a- results, and he's not doing it. But it's not like you're going to. Like Play calling guy, recruiting He's Arbor. Athleticism. What's what, passion? What's, what's I the want Jim Why Harbaugh destroyed. I want Jim Harbaugh to coach the New York Jets next year. That's what I want. No, he's got unfinished business at Michigan. We all know damn well he does. But what is missing? What is that piece missing? I, I think it's an upper players. echelon quarterback over there because they're recruiting guys left and right. It's just Shea Patterson. What do you think? This guy's a gem over there. Yeah. He stinks. Yeah, like they you gotta get an upper echelon QB. I don't know. They go up against these SEC teams and the Buckeyes, who might as well be an SEC team, and they get shellacked. I don't get it. There's something missing. All right, let's move on. Speaking of recruiting, Brian yeah. Kelly, head skipper for the Irish, he told reporters after their national titles pantsing to Clemson that talent, a.k.a. in my eyes recruiting, was not the reason the Irish got dominated. That was the four big plays and, quote, technical and tactical uh, coaching. Brian, Tell you buy B. that? You buy Tell that, Brian? He's I full of it. Tell him, freaking by the, He's not full of it. He's, he's, he's right on it. the freaking money over there. I got oh, a question please. for you, yeah. Andy Furman, and people yeah. like you. All yeah. right. Did you see Ohio State get rolled by Purdue 49-20 to 20 this year? We're not year? talking that. We're talking no, Notre no, Dame no, now. No, answer the freaking question. Did you did, see that? I did. It was 49 embarrassing. And 20. You think that the talent disparity favors Purdue? Like, Purdue has way better athletes than Ohio State? Is that what's happening over there? No, sometimes blowouts happen. I totally agree with Brian Kelly. There were some big plays, but it's not you're like Notre homer. Dame couldn't you're do anything. Nah, you're not going to see it. You're going right. to play that. You got one more, though. No, 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 I got this. You don't think Clemson's got better athletes than Notre Dame? You're out of your freaking they mind. They, they do, but not all Hello, across Gavin the board to, close to it that out. disparity. It's not the truth. All right, listen, we right, pipe down. We got a few seconds left. I I want to know, yeah. is New Year's Eve coming up Monday night? Is it the most overrated holiday of the year? I don't My even vote is celebrate yes. it. My vote I don't is even yes. have a calendar. 
It's not overrated at all. I end up kissing my own hand. I end up kissing my own hand. against going out and having a fun time? You're going to fight. I hate Abba tonight. What are you kissing your hand We're out of time. No, we're not. Never. They have the momentum and incentive to win. We'll explain that in just about a minute. But right now, let us say good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And away we go for our last one in 2018. Happy New Year, B. How are you? Well, Andy, you know, it's a mixture over here. Really? You know, really? half I'm thrilled to be here. You know, I'm excited for the day of ball coming up, NFL. I do, even though I'm a Notre Dame diehard, I do love talking about the games from yesterday because I think there's some really interesting topics to delve into, which we have already and we will continue to do so. But on the other hand, you get these people that are taking the Notre Dame bashing far uh, far too far. And I'm sure there's a better way to say that, but I didn't have a better um, <laughs> word than far, and I had to double it up. So <laughs> they're taking it too far with the bashing of the Irish. I, I just think that it goes above and beyond what is the reality. Well, the reality is this. They're a Final Four team. They deserve to be in the Final Four. They got drubbed yesterday. They got drubbed 30-3 to by Clemson. Clemson was a better team on that day. On yesterday, it happens. It happens all the time in sports. And I hate to say it, it sounds ridiculous, but that's why they play the game. Now, were you shocked? Yes, I was shocked that Notre Dame got blitzed the way they did. Uh, was, yeah. it, was it fun to watch? No. Did the network people like it? Probably not, because I think a lot of people turned it off. I, and I tell you what, the one thing that really irked me more than anything else, all these talking heads – Radio guys, TV guys, oh, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be close. No, it wasn't going to be close because Clemson mm. and Alabama, I, look, I knew that Notre Dame was going to lose. I wanted them to win. I didn't think they'd lose by the way they lost. But I knew that Clemson and Alabama were head and shoulders above the other two teams in the Final Wait Four. A minute. And the story. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you, by your own account, you expected Clemson to win, but you yes. thought it was going to be closer than it turned out to be. Correct. That, that's what you're saying. There were a lot of talking heads that were saying the exact same thing. I didn't there were some people that took the Notre Dame outright upset, and that's fine. But a lot of the talking heads were saying, I'm going to go with Clemson, but I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be a closer game. These are the people that follow college football as closely as anybody else. And they thought it was going to be a closer game. And that matters in terms of this overreaction to the supposed talent disparity. Yeah, Clemson has better talent than Notre Dame. But it's not to an outrageous degree where you're making Notre Dame out to be like a bottom feeder in the FCS or something like that. Like, Yeah, Clemson has better talent, but it's not so overwhelming that you couldn't see Notre Dame hanging in that game whatsoever. Like, it's crazy to me. It's such an overreaction. Sometimes blowouts happen, and when those blowouts right. happen, it doesn't mean that the team doing the blowing out has way better talent. It doesn't mean that's an automatic. You made a great point. There's a talent discrepancy. There's no doubt that Clemson does have better talent than Notre Dame, but that talent discrepancy is not indicative of the score yesterday. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. Agreed, right? They yes. got better players, right. But the point is this, their players were not that much better that the score should have been 30-3. to You know, I thought the score would be maybe right. 21-17, something like that. I thought it would be a closer game. That's all I'm saying. I wish, I wish it would have, man, because that's what's really bad about this is Notre Dame got hammered. 
that was right. a terrible performance. And so did you after the game. Well, yeah. No, I did. I know. <laughs> I went at the wedding reception. Right. I didn't I get hammered on my Coke. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a wine. I thought it was a little glass of wine. No? I know. There was, like, I think Iowa Sam was starting to begin an ugly rumor that it was a wine glass. But no, I was drinking some Coke like normal. But uh, yeah, I was at the wedding reception. I caught pretty much the entire game. It was funny, Andy. I'll tell you this quick story. The lovely Christina and I were at our dinner table and I'm watching the game on my phone. You know, it's just on my leg and I'm looking down and these two ladies at the table, they were like, are you watching the game? And I'm like... Was yeah, and, and they were no. It was the opposite. They were like, "Oh, I wish I was watching the game." Oh. And they were big fans. Like they both rooted for Notre Dame, and they were awesome. But the way they said it at first, like, "Are you watching the game?" I thought I was going to be in trouble. <laughs> I thought it was going to be an issue, but it turned out to be okay. Great, glad to hear that. that by oh. the way, that was the first thing I thought, Brian, when I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. "Oh, Brian's boozing it up at a wedding, huh?" Like a little, <laughs> little bit of wine. So, what was in the cup? Coke. It was Coke. It was Coke? Okay. All right. Well, take the just Gavin I can believe you, but... Gavin, but, let yeah. me just say one thing, because don't try to put a riff between my partner and myself, because <laughs> don't be starting rumors that he starts to drink. My partner, Brian No, doesn't need that crutch like you do. That's uh, why you've been coming in here at, at the skin wow, of your we teeth were, the last two we weeks. We were talking about this... people going too far. I think you were talking about you, Andy. <laughs> oh, one really? more thing, by the way. If you do, they are not an advertiser, but YouTube YouTube TV is terrific, and you can basically watch cable television on your phone and mm-hmm. uh, use that at at plenty of gatherings when there's a great. What are you pushing event. to be like a spokesperson oh, for them? It's, now, it's terrific. Was <laughs> uh, that address. a live read? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Let's move to the okay. NFL for a second. Yeah, yeah. Mind? Let's just when we revisit Notre Dame, I want to get to the Brian Kelly quote and talking about the talent disparity. But we can push that back. But I know we're yeah, going to yeah. reconvene and talk Notre Dame because I think Brian Kelly was hitting on something that is true. But I have no problem moving to the NFL, Andy. Thank let's you go. Very much. We'll get let's Brian Kelly. Maybe next time. We, we, we got a lot, a, little, a lot of moving parts in Week 17 in the NFL. A lot of things are going on. And what I'd like to know, I mean, this game, the Jaguars at the Texas. Texas at 10-5. and five. Who is the guy, or is it done by computer? I don't know. Who is the guy that spends time in a room to figure out what happens if this team wins and this team loses? Because there's some incentive today. Because if the Texans win, they can clinch the AFC South with a win or a tie between the Colts and Titans. All right. Now, the number two seed and first round buy are also possible for the Texans. A first round buy with a win and a Patriots loss. Who in the heck is sitting in a room figuring out all these concoctions? I like to know. I want to meet Andy, that guy. What, what is it with you in these questions? First, it was Brian Kelly's wristwatch. Why is he wearing one? And now it's who comes up with these playoff scenarios. I don't yes. know. Who cares? Someone do. does. Yeah, but it's not that difficult to figure out, Andy. It's not complex algebra or something. It's Houston, okay. If they win, they win the division. Right. If the Patriots lose and the Texans win, well, the Texans are the two seed. That, like That's not trigonometry over here, you know? You know what you need to do? You need to get a copy of yesterday's New York Times. Yesterday's New York Times had a two-page spread in the sports section of every freaking possibility of every team with arrows. and It it was like a geometry lesson. And I'm saying, who does this? I'd like to meet that guy who does it. I really do. I'm just saying. All right? 
It's interesting. <laughs> to me, it's interesting. Jacksonville's, Jacksonville's getting six and a half today, a game at Houston with the Texans. A lot of incentive for the Texans, but we got calls. We got some calls oh, here. Lee right. in the bluegrass state of Kentucky wants to talk to Brian No and Andy Furman. Hello, Lee. How are you? Lee. He's not there now. Are we gonna, yeah. Oh, Lee is there? Well, Hello, Lee's Lee. there. How are you? I'm doing fine, guys. Good How are you all? Good. Good, Lee. Okay. So, uh, coming in, listening to the show, coming into work, listening to uh, listening to No talk about if you all wasn't saying that Notre Dame didn't belong there this whole time, then I don't want to hear it. What about those of us that work? What, are you what, what you're saying Notre Dame didn't belong in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. I'm saying that. Oh. So, based on what? Based on them going 12 and 0 against the respectable, you know, uh, respectable Respectful. opponents over there? Like right. what? Who, based on who, what? Tell who, me. Lay it out who, for me. Who is their best win? They beat Michigan. Yeah, I know Ohio State put them in the ground. Well, there's a better coach. question though. If they didn't belong there, who would take their place? That's what I want to know. If you're saying no, they didn't belong in the top four, fine, okay, I'll grant you that, although you're wrong. Who should take their place then? All right, guys, I'm sorry. I got to go. I got, I got a guy yeah, coming I'm in. I'm figuring. <laughs> Great call. Yeah, Great nice. call. You know what? <laughs> Put your pants on. Go, go back to the kids' table, okay? Let's go to Marcel. Marcel from New York with Brian Noah and Andy Furman. Hello, Stick Marcel. Around. How are Stick you? Stick around, Marcel. Brian Noel and Andy Furman, good morning, happy new year, same to you. I want to say happy new year from both of you and Fox Sports Radio. Thank you. Of course. Hey, I've got to talk about my Giants. The 5-10 and ten oh, against man. the Dallas Cowboys today. Oh, what? Marcel, what are you doing to us here? No one cares. Why? Uh, I'm talking about my Giants against the Cowboys today. One it's a meaningless game. <laughs> Jeez. I, it's, I, it's a dog matchup. What do you want us to say about it? The Cowboys don't care. There's nothing to gain. Your Giants stink. W- w- what does it matter? And the Cowboys should probably be resting their players today. Really, that's what they should be doing. Yeah, they should be doing that. Yeah. Uh, if let me ask, let me give you my opinion. Ready for this? If yeah. you, if the Giants don't win. It will still eliminate it for good. Or it will be winning next season for 2019. If not, the whole blue, big blue nation still continue to eliminate for very, very reasons. Well, I'll tell you it right now. doesn't make any sense. You're a Giants fan. If you're a Giants fan, you should be hoping this is the last day you'll see Eli Manning play quarterback. Really. Because if they I, go into next season yeah. with Eli, they're in trouble again. And I don't know who the backup's going to be. I don't know who's going to be their quarterback next year. Uh, well, let's see what the NFL Draft 2019 will take place next year. Who's going to be the next quarterback or the defenseman or the linesman? I don't know why. Can the Giants, my Giants, could it be? Okay, let's go because, Marcel, I love you to death. Happy New Year. But this, this, this is going down. We're, we're losing listeners by a dozen now. By a dozen, really. Because we love you, Marcel, but, yeah, yeah. So we got to push the Giants back to a, yeah. a different week. It's got, you know, this is how I feel, Andy. How you felt right there is sometimes how I feel when you push Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals talk on me. You know what I'm saying? No, you know, I don't do that. You know who does that? Dick from Dayton. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy that you text. Have you texted him this no. morning? Like, hey, Dick, come on. we got to get the Bengals on. in here. To, yeah. Huh? Yeah. I don't that. care. 
Because yeah. If you want to be like Marcel, I don't know if you want to, but if you want to, you can. 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. If you want to be like Marcel or Lee. And the two ugly calls right there. You talk about <laughs> these may have been the two worst calls in sports talk history. Lee says hey. he's got to go. Maybe he's well, got yeah, diarrhea. What? I don't know. He said he's got to go. Uh, Marcel's talking about a game that really no one cares. I'd rather watch a movie. I'd rather see a show than watch the Giants play the Cowboys. If that game was in my backyard, right. as my friend Mike North would say, I'd pull the drapes. I pull the drapes, really. Yeah. Well, hey, man, these people like Lee, who were first guessing Notre Dame being a college football playoff team, when you run the table against a good schedule, you're going to be in. Like, Georgia, like, it's hands across America for Georgia because they played Alabama tough in the SEC championship game. You're not going to get in if you have two losses, and one of those losses is a 20-point defeat against LSU. It's not going to happen. Come to grips with it. And I agree. Like, I think that Georgia is a better football team than Notre Dame. That's what I think. That's not what I know. What I know is Notre Dame had a better body of work than Georgia. So spare me the tears, dogs fans. Do better, and you have nothing to cry about. And I'll go one step further. Yes, people are going to say, well, who did Notre Dame beat? They beat Michigan, but they beat them early, which is a big win. They beat them in the first game, 24-17, when Michigan started to maybe uh, have some looseness, if you will, in their schedule down the stretch. So they beat them early on when everybody expected big things from Michigan when they were ranked. Right, and I mean, you go through the schedule real quickly. They beat Stanford. They took down Virginia Tech on the road. Virginia Tech was ranked at the time. Right. They took down Northwestern on the road, who they were ranked at the I, They had been ranked during the season. They crushed Syracuse. And I know win. people are going to roll their eyes, but look at this. Look, What's Clemson's most impressive win before yesterday? Look closely at Clemson's schedule. Was anybody arguing that Clemson shouldn't be there? What They'd this really fervent. boils down to, they did. What this really boils down to, Andy, is the past instead of just looking at 2018. And I get that Notre Dame has stunk up the joint in big time situations before and people don't buy into them. That's fine. But what didn't earn Notre Dame the benefit of the doubt? if anybody's saying they shouldn't have been a playoff team, is what earned Clemson the benefit of the doubt. They didn't play anybody great. They didn't have a great body of work. But people are sold on them because of what they had done before 2018. That's the dynamic here. And that's what doesn't earn Notre Dame the benefit of the doubt. And people take it too far. They clearly deserve to be there. They just stunk up the joint and got rolled. It happens. Right, and we'll continue because we want Travis and Dan hang in there. We'll get you in the next segment. You want to get to us, you can do it on Twitter at the No Show, at the NOE Show, at Andy Furman FSR, or as mentioned, Travis and Dan did this, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. This hour, we have bottom barrel betting at the end of the hour. Hour number three, the Sheik will be here. That's Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider, and we follow that up with nose picks, but... A loss might be a win for this team. That's next. They still love the home cooking. We'll get to that in just about a minute. 21 minutes past the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian Noam, Andy Furman, and B. Guess what? We got callers out the wazoo. They're lined Uh-oh. up like the planes Uh-oh. at JFK. It's unbelievable. Are you ready? Buckle. Are you ready now? Let's hope they make sense and do All better right. than Lee. Or Marcel. Really? We got yeah, Travis, true. Travis in Virginia with Brian Owen, Andy Furman. Hello, T. How are you? Happy New how Year. How y'all doing? Good. Happy New Year to y'all. How you doing? Good. 
Uh, I just got a question for the both of you. So I keep hearing about uh, everybody knew that Oklahoma was going to have to score a lot of points to even come close to beating Alabama yesterday. Um, you keep hearing how Tua outplayed, quotation marks around outplayed, uh, Kyle Murray were, and my, the way I look at it, Kyle Murray outplayed him because Kyle Murray was playing against a way better defense, 100 times better defense. Mm-hmm. And Tua was playing against the worst defense, literally the worst defense, pass defense in the college football. I hear you. I think that's a good argument. Like, you can't act like both defenses are the same. So, Kyler Murray, I was very impressed with what he did. And with the 109 rushing yards on top of the passing yardage, I was very impressed with Kyler Murray. So, yeah, I think that's a good argument. You could absolutely make the argument that Kyler played better than Tua when you look at the disparity in defenses. And while I agree with both of you on what you said, B, it's a moot point because he's going to be pitching for the Oakland A's. (laughs) <laughs> well, so who cares what he did, right? It doesn't make well, a difference. We're, we're not talking about the A's. We're talking about the game know, last night. I like, know, But know. hey, man, Tonga Vailoa, that was a great performance by him. And the caller makes a good point. Oklahoma's defense, goodness, we could complete a few passes on that Oklahoma defense. Right, Andy Furman? Come I know on. you could. You were a high school quarterback. You knew. Like, come on. You're the man. You could do that. Dan in South but, Carolina wants to talk to Brian Noah and Andy Furman. Hello, Dan. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year you guys. Hope 2019 is a lot better than 2018. Um, for who? For, for you or for us? For about everybody. Oh, okay. everybody. everybody. All right. I'm a Georgia fan, and I'm going to squash this Georgia should be in, Paul. You know what the four playoff teams have in common? They took care of business. You know what Georgia didn't do? Take yeah. care of business. Listen yeah. to you. I like that. We lost, we lost bad to LSU, and we blew it against Alabama. We did not deserve to be in, so just squash the talk. Yeah. You know what? I love hey, you. I love you. you. Have you ever seen the movie The Wizard of Oz? Because yeah. what they need is, if I only had a brain. Those are the Georgia fans right now. If I only had a brain, and you have one, Danny, I'd love well, to hear you. this. You've finally some sense. I love it. I love that. Let's go to Kentucky. The Bluegrass State. I love good Kentucky. Good call right there. Very good call. Thank you. I am. Anyway, Wendell, how are you on Fox Sports Radio? Hey, long time, first time I'm calling to redeem the great state of Kentucky after that terrible call uh, that you first got. <laughs> While I agree that Georgia didn't take care of business, I have this to say about Notre Dame. Their schedule mm-hmm. is a middle-of-the-pack conference schedule. They played all about, the middle of the How about Clemson's? Yeah. How was Clemson's? Clemson, I'll say this. Clemson is in a terrible ACC. There was nothing in the ACC this year. Pittsburgh and Syracuse are two teams that Notre Dame beat, and those, those two teams are terrible. Those, I mean, they're middle-of-the-pack conference schedules. There are four SEC teams aside from Alabama that could beat Notre Dame. Okay, Notre great. Dame. So, so again, Notre if Dame. you're if you're talking trash about Notre Dame's schedule, why aren't you talking trash about Clemson's schedule? Right. Look, oh, they well, play I, Furman, I, I Georgia Southern. I just said it. I just said it. Here's what here's what the conference teams do. They do play the elite teams in the the conference. Notre Dame's schedule worked out this year, where USC was terrible. Virginia Tech was terrible. All the other teams they played were terrible. They beat Michigan. Michigan got destroyed yesterday by the fifth-best team in the SEC. They beat Stanford, though. They beat Stanford. Stanford's terrible. They beat Northwestern. The Pac-17 is awful. 
So, um, and Syracuse is awful. Everybody's awful. Just awful. That's what you're telling us. I will tell you this much. There are more, wait, time out. There are more awful teams on the Clemson schedule than the Notre Dame schedule. If you want to go down there, Furman, bad, okay? Georgia Southern, bad. Uh, let's go Wake Forest. They, they destroyed them. Louisville was terrible. They're on the schedule. Pittsburgh was terrible. There were more, ter- South Carolina stunk. So there were more bad teams on the Clemson schedule than the Notre Dame schedule. How's that? Instead of talking positive, let's talk negative. That, that, <laughs> what we're looking at is there's lot, not a lot of parity in college football. There are five or six really good teams, and everybody else is a middle-of-the-pack team. That, that's well, what we're so looking at So where's Notre here. Dame? Notre Dame is probably in the top ten, maybe seven or eight. There are probably, like I said, there are four or five SEC schools that are better than them. Who are uh, they? Georgia. But if Notre Dame's uh, around seventh, who are the four SEC schools? I would say, here we go: Bama, Georgia, Georgia. Alabama, LSU, Florida, LSU. Kentucky. Did you watch the bowl game last year when Notre Dame beat LSU? But that was last year. Oh, oh, okay. Well, t- what, what's changed this year? Notre Dame's better. <laughs> like, why? Why would you think Notre Dame's incapable of beating LSU? Notre Dame's schedule, like I said, worked out this year. They played a bunch of decent teams. They don't have any scrubs on their schedule. Conference teams play the one double A's. They play the the Mac schools. They play the lower part of you know of their own schedule, but they also play. Alabama plays the Georgias, the LSUs, the Floridas every single year, and they play an elite team that you know warrants you know them being placed in the upper echelon this year. Well, even Notre Alabama's Dame, schedule, even Alabama's schedule wasn't great this year. Right. They played the Citadel, but you know they they don't have they don't have the luxury of the Notre Dame. Of going out every year. You're putting and too much on this, man. You, you're you going know what? too far. You're, you're with really it. crazy because you look at Alabama. They played Louisville, which is terrible. They played Arkansas State. They played uh, the Citadel. Missouri right? isn't yeah. good. Tennessee stinks. Right. I mean, there are a lot of t- there are a lot of warts on that schedule too. You're you're acting like other teams are playing much better schedules than Notre Dame when the reality is most teams are playing schedules that are comparable to Notre Dame's. But their strength of schedule is better because they don't have the Lehigh's and the, the Citadels at the bottom. But the, the SEC schools, the Pac-10 schools, they play the upper echelon of their schedule. And the bottom, you know, the bottom dwellers bring them down. But Notre Dame It's schedule, still comparable. If you, put, if you take out the Citadel from Alabama's body of work, their schedule is comparable this year to Notre Dame's schedule. It absolutely did, is. It's not just about the FC, FCS cream puff in there. Did they play a Georgia? Did they play a Clemson? Did they have they, to no, play? No, they didn't play Georgia last year. Like so, you're so acting the like they play is, trailer trash each and every year. Right. Like come so on. So basically, in your mind, what they should do? Forget the scheduling. You rather them see them expand the playoff situation than change scheduling. Scheduling's not going to change. It's not going to change. Think, so if expands the, the the playoff, if they expand it to maybe six teams, then you'd be happy. Right, I think the play. I think the playoff. I think the playoff has made the the old, if, if you took the old BCS and, and and took it to this year's teams, what two teams would you have come up with? Yeah, of course, we got that. Game? That's like uh, that's not a good point, man. It's yeah, Alabama yeah. and Clemson. That means Notre Dame stinks. That's not a good argument. I just don't think. I don't think that we would have had anything different. 
Notre Dame wouldn't have belonged in, in the in the playoff. They wouldn't have belonged in the top four. Like, if, you're, if you're scolding us on it's 2018, then then adhere to that as well. We're not talking about the BCS era. This yeah, is the college ridiculous. football playoff era. That doesn't make uh, sense. What? He never would have called if Notre Dame would have lost last night 23-20. The fact that they got drubbed, that got him to call. Blame me. That's the only difference. If Notre Dame would have lost in a closer fashion, it would have been different. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Football Sunday. You want to be like him? I don't know why you would. You want to be like Wendell, 877 <laughs> Wasn't he supposed to redeem Kentucky? Wasn't oh, that what was supposed man. to happen? I hope he's not my neighbor. He could be my next-door neighbor. You know the lovely Christina is from the great state of Kentucky. And I know there are some great sports fans in that state. They need to make better arguments here. They need to represent that right. state of Kentucky better please, than on this Sunday please. morning. Come on. 877-996-6369. By the way, they need plenty of help. We'll tell you all about it next. But first to our guy, the rookie, Brian <laughs> Fenley, with the latest. Hey, hey, guys. It is turning into an annual tradition. Alabama and Clemson will face off in another college football national championship. In Saturday's semifinals, Bama played nice against Oklahoma, only beating them 45-34. Bama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa had four touchdowns, and he's grinning also because he won up the Heisman Trophy winner and Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray. Meantime, true freshman Trevor Lawrence in the other semifinal on Saturday passed for 327 yards and three touchdowns to lead Clemson past Notre Dame 30-3. It has been pointed out on Twitter no true freshman quarterback has beaten a Nick Saban coach team since 2007. So keep that in mind as we prep for the title game. In UFC 232 on Saturday, John Jones takes back the title, the 205 weight class, finishing off Alex Gustafsson in three rounds. Afterwards, yeah, that's fine. what's that? Oh, that's fine. Keep on going. Oh, rolling, baby. <laughs> rolling. all right. <laughs> Uh, afterwards, Jones was asked about a rematch with Daniel Cormier, and, well, Jones replied, Daddy's home. And Amanda Nunez, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah that, that intimidates me just reading it. Uh, <laughs> Amanda Nunez knocked out Chris Cyborg in under a minute to become the new featherweight champion. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And one story out of the NBA, don't expect to see Lakers LeBron James playing in today's game against the Kings. The Orange County Register reporting he will sit out a third straight game with a groin injury. Back to you guys. There's nothing worse than a loose groin. <laughs> There's nothing worse than Words a loose groin. Words to live groin. by. Wow. Oh, man. Thank you, Brian. See you yeah. in about an hour. Now we got Brian No, Andy Furman. We call this Fox Football Sunday. We've crossed the 50-yard line right here on Fox Football Sunday. And this is a tall order that's coming right up. But first, my guy, my partner, yeah. has some words of wisdom on college football scheduling. Let yeah, it let go. Me- Lay it out there. For anybody that's looking critically at Notre Dame's schedule, like the last caller from Kentucky was, look at Oklahoma's. Wendell. And and look, Wendell didn't make all bad points, but I'm going to harp on the bad points here, okay? Like, if you're looking, the main point he was stressing was Notre Dame's lack of quality schedule, okay? Look at Oklahoma's schedule, Andy. Look at all Florida Atlantic. Yeah, UCLA, how good were they this season? How'd Chip Kelly have the Bruins looking this season? Huh? They're terrible. Yeah. Look at um look at TCU had a down year. Kansas State wasn't very good. Texas Tech is always middle of the road. Kansas stinks to the high heavens. Like look at their good games. 
they lost to Texas in the Red River shootout rivalry, whatever adjective you want to throw in. <laughs> There's like 10 of them for that game. And they beat West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Like, those are their quality opponents. Army, well, you forgot I guess, the biggest was game. a quality opponent. Well, wait that, a minute. That was an overtime game. They were lucky to beat Army 28-21 in overtime. Sure, sure. So it's not like Oklahoma played this gauntlet over here. It's just... You're looking too closely. You've got the magnifying glass out when it comes to Notre Dame's schedule as if other teams aren't playing comparable schedules. The truth is, all four teams in the college football playoff played comparable schedules. Right. There isn't one team that it's like, wow, Bama played a gauntlet and Notre Dame played UCF like cream puffs. It's not like that. They're very similar schedules. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's why you're the man. You're the man. Let's go to the phones. Mike is in the great Buckeye state of Ohio. Wants to talk to Brian Noah and Andy Furman on Fox Football Sunday. Hello, Michael. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good, man. Hey, listen. The only reason that I called is Brian made a comment earlier about, um, uh, you know, where teams are ranked. They beat a Michigan team Notre Dame. And I'm not bashing Notre Dame. I'm an Ohio State fan. I don't think they should have been in. I don't think Ohio State should have been oh, in. Oh, I mean, man. Uh, Who should have been but, in instead of them? Well, I don't know. I mean, listen, I love the Buckeyes. <laughs> come on, and, come on. And I, wish they, I wish they were in, but I, I just, I, I don't know. But anyway, my point is, is you made a comment, or I made a comment that, you know, they were ranked here when they beat them. That doesn't matter. At the end of the year, sure it, it does. I'll give you the perfect, well, no, it doesn't. Cause I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Uh, like Ohio State beat TCU who at the time was ranked 10. At the end of the year, they weren't ranked at all. So as far as quality wins is concerned, that does not matter at the end of the year. So let me ask you this. If you beat an unranked team who then is ranked at the end of the year, does that matter? Yes. Oh, really? So it does matter. Like, if they're ranked at the time, if they're not ranked. So how does it work one way and not the other way? Well, again, you, you don't know the end of the season you don't know until the end of the season how a team really is. All these preseason, all these preseason rankings are what they are. People just they, you get the numbers based on last season recruiting class, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the year, if you beat a team that is unranked and they and they end up seventh in the nation because they they finished you know ten and two or whatever because they had a great run, of any team, any Big Ten team, say, and Ohio State beats them. That counts at the end of the year. You don't go, well, they weren't even ranked at the beginning of the year when they beat them. It doesn't work yeah, but like the, that. But, you know, but the rankings are a moot point because it's all about the losses. And if you have two losses yeah. like Georgia did, you're not getting in. Ohio State I, was not getting in. Forget it. I, so, so forget I about the rankings. We're talking about ridiculous stuff here. Rankings really don't mean that much. It really doesn't. Right. I agree. So, But Brian said that they Why, why are you harping on something so small? Like, here's the thing. If you look at Northwestern, that's the team I was talking about. Northwestern right. isn't a prize. They lost four games, but they right. had been ranked at times during the season. That's not a, you know, that's not a layup to go in there on the road. Michigan had a tough time. But they were in the title game the of the conference. They were in the conference championship yeah, game. Northwestern. Yeah, they were in that's the what counts. Title right. game. 
Right. And, and right. it goes back and forth. Like, Michigan was ranked 14th when Notre Dame played them in, in the first week. Notre Dame was, uh, I'm sorry, Michigan was ranked much higher throughout most of the season. They were in the top right. five throughout some of the season. So it right. comes, it's like here and there. All right, Northwestern wasn't ranked at the time, but Michigan was ranked lower than they ended up being. Like, it evens out. Like, at the end of the day, it's still a good body of work in terms of the opponents that Notre Dame faced. And the bottom line yeah, is Ohio not, State's going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm not hammering Notre Dame at all. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm basically just saying, you know, how we or how it shows how the teams get in when they say ranked teams. It's at the end of the year that's what they go by. They beat, you know, they don't. They they wouldn't talk about say Ohio State beating TCU. That but, but here's the thing: like up. you, you're hung up on the TCU thing. Let me make this point real quickly. If you look at teams that are ranked, say, in the teens, even at the end of the Uh, year, Notre Dame smoked Syracuse that was number 12 at the time. If you get smoked 36-3, to you're going to drop. And depending on where you're ranked heading into that game, you might drop out of the rankings. So it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, because a team is unranked at the end of the year, because you put it on them and you crushed them, that that team stunk. Yeah, I, I I agree. That's all I, I don't that's, know what I you're doing, but Mike, you, you, it seems to be you're chasing your tail. It's crazy. It really is. Uh, God bless you. Enjoy the Rose Bowl. Watch Ohio State, and hopefully next year you'll have a better year. Really, it's Brian No. It's Andy Furman. It's Fox Football Sunday. It's crazy. That's what it is, and I love it because I love crazy. I really do. <laughs> and by the way. It's like a ray of sunshine in the wilderness, like a light in the darkness, like water in the desert. It's bottom barrel bedding. And you know what? It's freaking next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up. About 14 minutes now before the top of the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian Oam, Andy Furman. And with bottom barrel betting, here's the host. We call him Gavin the Goon. What you call him is your business. Let's play the game. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, really? I thought you was lame. Barrel. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Betting. All right, Brian. I know that you had a rough day uh, with your Irish um, but oh, you know what? It's terrible. That's why we have bottom barrel betting, where you went <laughs> okay. a putrid 0-3. Oh, 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 my gosh. 0-3 it's, it's all happening at one time over here. Good all Lord. Of it. And to make matters even worse, Andy Furman went a perfect 3-0. and Oh, no! <laughs> and to oh, make man. it just a little sprinkle on top, I gave you a bonus one last week. I asked you about the Browns-Bengals game, if there'd be any kind of shenanigans in there, and Andy said he predicted an on-field fight. You yeah, know there what? Was. I might have to give him what happened between Baker and you. Forno. Forno. Oh, Amazing. no, there was actually, besides that, there were actual fisticuffs. Yes, there were. Like, uh, I think there were a couple scrums. of penalty flags. Yeah. Right. Yep. So how about that? 4-0 for, for, for Andy Furman. Good Thank Lord, you. wow. But it's a one-week league here. You on... act like you're shocked. <laughs> well, I'm just Not saying, really. like with oh. Notre Dame losing, me going over, you going 4-0, like all these no, things happen God, at once. Please, it's crazy. No. Goodness. Thank you. Thank Unbelievable. One-week league here, short memory. We'll see how you do in week 17. All right, here's a stat for you guys. This year, the uh, Patriots and Tom Brady agreed to a revised contract that was designed to pay Brady more like the elite quarterback he has been throughout his NFL career. Well, they had some uh, bonuses in there, a million dollar, a million dollars each for fi- finishing in the top five of five different categories. Now, I'll tell you what those are in a second. But mm-hmm. first, I want to know, in week 17, will Tom Brady hit the top five among all 
active quarterbacks later today on Sunday in any of these categories, passing yards, passing touchdowns, passing passer rating, completion percentage, or yards per attempt. Good Lord, man. You're this killing is me, trigonometry I'm not that smart. Come on. Will Tom Brady finish in the top five in passing yards later today? I say yes. Uh, um, I'm going to say no. He's in ninth right now. I, no. No no chance he finishes I in the top talk, five. Okay, we're talking about single game. Oh, oh just today. today's game. Single game. I got you. Yes. Today. Today. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, do you want to take one? you want to say yes as well? I did say yes, of course. All right, all right. First of all, they never lose at home. They're playing the Jets in New England. Russell Wilson has a perfect 158.3 passer rating when targeting Tyler Lockett. Now, my logic, he should just throw it to him every single play if that's the case, right. but we're not going to do that today. How many times, I'm going to ask you guys, will Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett connect later today? Hmm. Oh. I'll go first. Um, while they're playing the Arizona Cardinals... I, the question is how how long do the main dudes for the Seahawks play? Is it the whole game? Is it half the game? I don't know how much they care between the five or six seeds. So with that in mind, I'm going to say I'll give them five receptions today. Yeah, it's a pretty good guess because it's in my neighborhood. He's got like something like 50, 55 receptions on the season right now. I'm going to say four. No, I'll say six. Six. Yeah. Six. Quite six times. a difference there. Yeah, six. Mm-hmm. Let's move right past Andy's neighborhood. I don't think any of us want to be there. Teddy Bridgewater will start oh. for the Saints later today. Cheap shot. Cheap shot in passing. Man. <laughs> I just had to say that. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater in a highly contested match- matchup against, uh, what is it, Taylor Heineken? Heineke. Like, Heineke. He's out like again. The second straight week, there's a quarterback that's Kyle not Allen. in action today. That you're, Kyle <laughs> He's Allen. got in action. You know what? I don't want to guess Kyle Allen's pass rating. I want to guess Teddy Bridgewater's pass rating. What do you got? For today's game. Yeah. for t- No, no, for next season. This is you. You're a little bit of a wise guy, huh? All right. Hey, I got the That was funny. Uh, <laughs> All right. So the, the passer rating of Teddy Ball game today? Yeah. Well, let's let Andy uh, start. Uh, I think uh, All right. You go one. first, Andy. Uh, passer rating for today's game. I would say uh, 68, 68.2%. Wow, that's way low, man. 68.2%. He's a big fan of 67. We've always (laughs) known that. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to go 90.1. Wow. A little what? Yeah. You're yeah, out of your mind. Is Carolina play all-world defense oh, over there? Oh. 90.1 is not crazy good. <laughs> I mean, good let's Lord, see. you look at, uh, let's see who's around 90.1. You know who's around 90.1 this year? 92, 91.2 is Nick Mullins for San Francisco. You know? It's like, that's... Yeah. So that's that's good fake. for 23rd in the NFL in passer rating is By what the, I'm giving Teddy Ballgame today. Is Teddy we'll Ballgame the most forgotten about quarterback? I mean, it's weird to think about. He was highly – everyone was expecting yeah. so much from him that, what, a couple seasons ago, right, before the injury? Right. And then, uh, yeah. unfortunately – Well, him and maybe RG3. Yeah, but, but he had done it that one season. I think we were all expecting Teddy to put it together for one full season, and it's never happened. 
And, and yeah, and I'm rooting for him today because this is his first major start, like significant action since 2015. Wow. And we tend to forget how long of a road it's been since that terrible injury in practice. But, man, it's been a long, long road for Teddy Bridgewater. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to ask a question. Since we finished the bottom of our betting, we have a few minutes to go. With your permission, should we, the last week <laughs> of the year, go to Dayton, Ohio, and talk to uh. Dick? It's up to you, Brian. It's up to you. Why are you going to make me the bad guy? No. Oh, that means no. A bad guy would mean no. Let's let's wish him a happy new year. Dick is listening okay. on 980 AM in Dayton. Happy new year, Dick. How are you? Hi, Andy. Happy new year. Happy new year, Brian and crew. How are you? See, Same to so you. Great, he's, Dick. He's so upbeat. He makes you feel great, doesn't he? It's he does start talking I, about I, the Bengals. Well, what I think... I think it's the end of the era if they lose today. I think it's they had something in the paper how good their seasons were over the years, but I think that Mike Brown's going to make the decision today, and we'll just have to go from there. But one thing I'm proud of is the 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 uh, second half of the season with the Browns. Baker Mayfield's lighting up the stadium, isn't he? Well, that, you know, you're exactly the type of guy that Brian was talking about early on. Like, he, he says he's the most overrated player in the NFL. And, like, you're on the bandwagon. You're on that bandwagon. And it's okay to be positive. It's okay to have that ray of sunshine. Don't be a downer like me. I'm a negative <laughs> kind of guy. I really am. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the guy people love to hate. I don't nah. need to do that. Yes, come on. Well, Happy New Year to you, Dick, and to you and your family. Thank you, as always, for calling. See you next year. See, it wasn't that bad, B. It wasn't that bad. No, he, he's, he transitioned from Bengals to Browns talk. There we go. He loves Ohio. <laughs> but we're not going to bury him yet. We'll talk about that next on Fox Sports Radio. Is there one more run left? Well, we'll tell you in just about a minute. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And, of course, we want to wish one and all a happy and healthy new year. Hope it brings you everything you want. And I know, B, I want you and the lovely Christina to have a wonderful new year. And I hope we're together throughout 2019. Well, thank you, Andy Furman. I hope the best for you and yours. Absolutely. You. Hope it's a great new year. Hope 2019 is an outstanding year for you and everybody you. listening. You know, the people not listening, not them, because we don't support them. Right. I'm just kidding. But especially the people who support us and listen to the show, we want them to have a great 2019. Much better than how my December 29th was last night in terms of the Irish getting smashed. Much better in 2019 for you and yours. you got to let it go, man. You really do. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to take a little bit here, well, you Andy. Know, really, that should be one of your resolutions. <laughs> your resolutions for 2019 is like, i got to like not dwell so much on wins and or losses. That's got to be a resolution for Bino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not going to happen after a college football playoff game when Notre Dame got the doors blown off of them. That was a terrible performance. There's yes. no other way to say it. But this overreaction of they didn't belong in the first place, you need to be saying that before the games are played. If you weren't saying that before the game was played yesterday, I want to hear it now because that's a I'm convenient second guess. Right. 
And you know what? We talked about this prior to the game yesterday that those people from Georgia were saying that Georgia should have been the fourth team. And I was one. I thought Georgia would get in. But you know what? Notre Dame had a stellar record, undefeated. You know, the schedule is as good as anyone else's schedule. You know, was it top notch? No. But, you know, look at Alabama's schedule. Look at Oklahoma's schedule. They all have their somewhat flaws in there. And look at the conference that Oklahoma was in. They were basically exposed by that conference and the lack of defense that that conference plays. So we move on. And I know you got some tweets in that area too b i know you do um well the the one tweet that caught my eye was from vav i believe apologies if that's not correct but we were talking about baker mayfield for a second (laughs) and vav checks in and says america loves a quarterback with an edge plus baker is humble he knows he was drafted number one yet he doesn't hesitate to show you that you're number one via his middle finger Hashtag tackled by a cop. <laughs> He's all over the <laughs> right, road. Right, that right, right, right. Would you describe, of all the descriptions that you could apply to Baker Mayfield, would humble be one of those? No. No, and you know what though? I I like the kid because he's got some flair. You know, some of it maybe go overboard. But in this day and age where everybody is so politically correct, I kind of like a Baker Mayfield who stares a former coach down during a game. And I know it's moronic, but you know what? That was topic A all week long on the talk show circuit. I mean, I was scratching my head, say, is it that big of a deal that a former player is staring at his coach during a game? But that's what everybody talked about, and people well, were taking sides. Yeah, I hear you. And look, I'll say a couple of things real quick about Baker. Is I think he's exceptional for the NFL because that right. guy is a lightning rod right. for discussions to happen. Like everybody is going to have an opinion about what Baker Mayfield says or does. That's just the way it is. And that's exceptional for the NFL. The other thing is, I actually agree with you, Andy. I will take Baker Mayfield's approach, I'll take the, the drawbacks. Because I'm gaining more than I'm losing with Baker. Just his approach to the game, especially for that franchise, you need a quarterback with some swag. You need someone that has the confidence and to set a tone. And he does that. So I think it's moronic that he was staring down Hugh Jackson. I think it was the epitome of idiocy to question him taking another paycheck after being fired from the Browns when he went over to the Bengals. But I will take those few drawbacks because this guy, he's got some fire, you know, and I think you need that for a quarterback who runs that franchise. And it's a perfect fit for him to be in Cleveland with those rabid fans. I mean, it wouldn't have worked in Buffalo. It definitely would not have worked in Arizona. Maybe it would have worked in New York. Mm. I don't know. But Cleveland, remember, I've said this, and I'll say it again. I'll say it to my last breath. I don't think there's any city in America that could have replaced the team that had left them back in 1999 when they got the team, when their team went to Baltimore and there was a void in Cleveland. Their fan base is so rabid. They got another franchise. It's not happening in St. Louis. I don't see it happening anywhere else. Right. Yeah, but here's the other part of it is you can have fire. You can have a chip on your shoulder without being an idiot. Like, it isn't a prerequisite that you have to be an idiot to have fire. Like, you you don't have to stare down Hugh Jackson and say these mindless things about him joining the Bengals coaching staff to have fire and have flair. You know, you can have that fire and flair without doing those dumb things. You know what, though? I honestly think, and look, I... I don't know Baker Mayfield from uh, Charlie Mayfield. Believe me, I, I never met him. Okay, but I, I followed him, and I think there's a method to his madness. And I think that what he did 
to Hugh Jackson, which he didn't hurt you, but what he did to him was a rallying cry that kind of galvanized that team. Think about that. He's a really? quarterback. He's a face to the – yes. I, I really give him a, a lot more credit than a lot of people are giving him because I think that certainly Baker felt that he was dissed by Hugh Jackson because Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback and he wasn't yeah. given his, his shot, number one. And number two, the fact that when Hugh Jackson left, he sort of threw the Cleveland Browns organization under the bus. No. So as, as a team, he's a face of the team. He's the quarterback. And I think what he did, it rallied the team behind him. I really believe it did. Andy, you go back to what Baker was saying about Hugh Jackson joining the Bengals coaching staff. Do you really think that the locker room turned and was like, yeah, you're like, what's he doing joining the Bengals coaching staff? And yeah, we're more motivated now and we're more galvanized. Really? You think that was the trickle down effect? Well, I will say this. I, I think that it probably, to some people, it probably did galvanize the team. He's the quarterback. But if, for, for you and I, we're above that fray. We realize that it's moronic. You know, how do you, like, d- deny a guy's work? The guy got fired. He wants to get another job. Are you going to get down on a guy because he wants to get another job? What do you want him to do? Be on a street corner and sell pencils? I mean, come on. I, I yeah. said this earlier today. If I were to get fired today and got a job at another radio station, would you not talk to me? Would you dismiss? Me? No, I mean, everybody has the right to work. I just think, look, Boyle Down will make it simple. I think that Baker's approach more times than not works for that Browns organization. Yes. Okay? Because they need someone with that flair and that, you know, tone setting ability. I think that. There's like movie trailer mode where, you know, the guy who's like, in a world of blah, blah, blah. I think that the talking heads in sports talk radio or the callers, they go into movie trailer mode when it comes to describing the effect of Baker Mayfield. He stares down Hugh Jackson as if, in a world where you can galvanize all your teammates, Baker Mayfield stands apart. Like, I don't think that's what's happening. I think he's just being a moron. But... The same thing that causes him to do that with Hugh Jackson, it actually helps the team in other ways. When he's got some fire and he's showing yes, spunk he and he's showing life and he's showing confidence, and there are a lot of benefits from how he approaches the game. I just can't be blind and make something out of nothing or embellish what he's doing as if it's, it's always good and it's always working. There are some things that he does that don't make any sense whatsoever. Couldn't I'm not going to tell you they do. Couldn't agree more. Look, when he grabbed his crotch when they played Kansas while he was in college, ridiculous. Why right. he did it, I don't know. When yeah. he put this flag in midfield in Columbus, Ohio, when they played Ohio State, a stupid move, a classless move. I understand that. But again, this kid has always played with a chip on his shoulder. When he transferred, what was he, Texas A&M, and he moved from or Texas Tech, Tech from Texas yeah. Tech to go to uh, Oklahoma. He was a walk-on. Right. He had a chip on his shoulder. This is the way he motivates himself, and, and maybe some of the players on that team are motivated like that as well by his his chip on his shoulder. People do different things to motivate themselves. Some people have the earphones on before the game and listen to music. That motivates them. What motivates Baker Mayfield, at least in my mind, is the fact that he has a chip on his shoulder. He feels he was dissed. He was dissed by you, Jackson, because yeah. he didn't get a shot to start. It's okay. Let it All go. Right. And for the national media to talk about that for a week, to me, is moronic. That's more moronic than what Baker no. Mayfield does. No, no, it's it's not because people have an opinion. We're in the we're in that business of sparking debate or having people react or at least having an opinion. There are plenty of things 
that you might think about talking about on a sports radio show, and people just yeah. don't have an opinion about it. And you yeah. move, on, you don't even think about bringing that up. Everybody has an opinion about Baker Mayfield staring down Hugh Jackson. So it's not a mystery why that conversation would linger at all. But the other part of this is Baker Mayfield got fined last week for grabbing his crotch again, Andy Furman. Right. This is really under the radar. but He likes grabbing his a, crotch. Yeah, he loves it. He's like the Madonna of uh, NFL Everybody likes grabbing that You've never grabbed your crotch? I mean, come on. People do it all the time. Michael Jackson of NFL quarterbacks? Right. Sure. Like, but he did it with Freddie Kitchens, the offensive coordinator. And, right. you know, he's... I'm sure it was one of those things where they they made a good play and he's like, yeah, right here, you know, like that sort of deal. But but here's the larger issue, Andy. I don't think Baker Mayfield is handling success well. Really, like the things that he's getting involved in with Hugh Jackson, it makes me wonder, and this is something that Ryan Leaf brought up on Fox Sports Radio before the NFL draft this year. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Baker Mayfield, what's going to happen when things aren't going well? Because that's what unraveled Ryan Leaf. He's like, what happens when he is struggling? What happens when he loses a few games? What happens when the whole town is on his back? Like, this is a guy who has a chip on his shoulder and takes any little small slight and blows it up into a huge deal. What happens when everybody's looking at him, questioning his play, being critical of him? He hasn't handled success well. What's going to happen when they're losing five of six ball games? That's a legitimate question, and that is a serious red flag with him. You know what? That's a very interesting point, and I'll tell you why. Because several weeks ago, I think he kind of addressed the fan base in Cleveland. He was upset that they weren't sold out. So he was pointing a finger like, where are you? We need you. Come root for us. So if they start losing, he could turn around and say, look, screw you. To hell with you. I mean, I can see that. And you know what? You're right. But again, that comes back to what you said early on. He's a lightning rod. And to me, I love that. I loved, I'd love to see him go to war with the fans in Cleveland. He ain't going to win that. He won't win that battle, believe me. But that'll be fun. And that's another talking point. Sure. But you can't look at it just from your sports talk radio point of view. You got to look at it from the Browns' standpoint. Oh, How yeah. would you feel yeah. about that if you're a member of the front office over oh, yeah. there with the Cleveland Browns? I, I don't think you're going to be loving it nearly as yeah, much. If your job is to sell tickets or, or, or maybe skyboxes for the Cleveland Browns, and he starts turning on the fans, you're in trouble. It's a bad yeah. thing. It's, it's not a. It's not a good look. Not a good look. No, it's. Right. Uh, Look, man, he's great for the NFL. I think largely he's he's really good for the Browns, at least setting a tone. I'm just not convinced he's the next great thing. When he's ran through the Bengals twice, the Broncos, like I need more. I need more to fully buy in. And all this is, the rose petals at his feet, it's a complete overreaction because the Browns have stunk for so long. That's if he's doing exactly this with right. the Miami Dolphins, no one's giving him nearly as many props. So I think that the props go too far and people are sold too early that this guy is the next top five, top ten quarterback. I don't see him ever being that. Well, I mean, uh, you had your doubts early on. You didn't really like him as an early pick. Uh, you thought that his height was a detriment to his quarterback play. And you know what? The body of work isn't there yet. And again, you mentioned this early on, and I remember you saying this, and I agree. They have won five out of six, I believe. Uh, the five, And the point mm-hmm. is this, who they beat. That's right. the, I, I understand that you got to beat the teams that are on your schedule, but they haven't beaten anybody of importance or any big name 
team yet. No. But he's no doing one. well. He, he's had a decent year. Uh, will he be rookie of the year? He probably will be because of the position that he plays. But I say, again, Shaquan Barkley should be the rookie of the year. Yeah. Saquon I agree with that. Yeah. Saquon is better as a running back than Baker is as a quarterback. Just this year. This is 2018 season. But right. quarterback is the much more vital position. So it's probably going to be Baker, but I agree it should be Saquon. It's just, Andy, when you look at these five out of six wins, tell me who wows you. Falcons, right. Bengals twice, Panthers, Broncos. All those teams have losing records. And we're convinced this dude is a beast? I'm not buying it. Let's see what he does today. Now, I'll be impressed if they beat Baltimore today because it's a meaningful game for the the Ravens have to win this game today. They beat Baltimore today handily, and he has something to do with that win. I'll be impressed. That's a star next to his name. Good luck with beating them handily. (laughs) That's all I'll say. Beating them, period. Yeah, well, I, I want I really want to see because this is a tough test on the road against a really good Ravens defense. And the thing with Baker is put, put all the stuff to the side, his approach to the game, what he says to Hugh Jackson. Forget all of that for a second. Just focus on the field. Baker Mayfield will make some exceptional throws, and then he'll miss throws from wide open receivers far too often. Like that's the thing. It's like Baker Mayfield is looked at, and you just see his highlights on Sports Center. Like watch games, watch the whole game, and look at the amount of throws that he misses to open receivers. Accuracy has to be a given in the NFL, and it's not a given right now with Baker Mayfield. He's got to be better in that department. And I can't believe, honestly, that we spent an entire segment talking about Baker Mayfield. But again. You know, he is that lightning rod, and people will have an opinion. And, in fact, if you do have an opinion, we'd love to hear from you. Because we'll read it, or we'll tweet it, and we'll retweet it. How do you do that? At the No Show, N-O-E Show, at Andy Furman FSR, 877-99 on Fox. That translates to 877-996-6369. Eddie's been on hold since yesterday. We'll get him probably in the next segment. We have a lineup that includes Alex Marvez at the bottom of the hour. That'll be 8.30 Eastern time. Alex Marvez is the Sheik, Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider. We follow that up with nose picks, and I can't wait to hear Week 17 picks with my guy Brian No. That's what we'll do. But he's older, but is he better? That's next. What's left in the tank? We'll get to that in just about a minute. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, I got some great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And I don't believe you, my partner, Brian No. I don't believe you. Because we were both making fun of Marcel and his phone call. Now he wants... Well, I was making fun of him, actually. Okay. But now he wants you and I to follow him on Twitter. I'm getting a tweet from Marcel. He wants us to follow. I will not follow him on Twitter. Wow. I will not follow him because I'm not not a sellout. You wrote him back. You wished him a happy new year. Yeah, of course. I'm a man of the people. Of course I hope he has a happy new year. I don't wish him any harm. Go suck it up. Come on. That's true. All right. I I don't want to wish him any harm, but I'm not following him. That's it. <laughs> okay. Right. We got a caller. His name is Eddie. I think I know him well, but we'll see. Happy New Year, Eddie. You're on with Brian Owen, Andy Furman. How are you, Ed? Happy New Year, Andy. Happy New Year to you. I know this is Eddie Birch. He went to my high school. I think he lives in Florida. Are you listening on Sirius XM 83? Yes, I am. I love it. How's, how's the nice. weather in Florida? It's 71 degrees right now. Oh, man. That sounds awesome. I Goodness. Know. 
Yeah, Satch, can I make a, a suggest a New Year's resolution for you? Please. Please make put it on your calendar for December 12th next year to come down to the South Florida basketball uh, luncheon. I would love to do that. I really do. Uh, I will put it down, and hopefully, God willing, we'll be down there, and, and I'd love to see you and everybody else. That'll be wonderful. I appreciate that. Also, what happened in the St. John's game yesterday? you have any idea? Oh my gosh! Where are we going it? here? Where are we going? I know. I, <laughs> you see, we're basketball junkies. That's what it is, B. You know, what I'm saying. I mean, you're a football guy. You love the ball, and I like football. But when you're from the East Coast and you're from Brooklyn, New York, you're a basketball junkie. That's what it's all about, really. There's no football in Brooklyn. I agree. Right? I I don't know what happened. It was yep. a bad. Call. I think St. John's got hosed at the end. I really do. It was a bad call. Yeah, that's. A- that's the talk is, you know, Ira Levine posted something, so something must have happened, and I'm sure Ira was screaming, there as we go. all know. I'll let you roll, my friend. All right, have a happy new year. I'll happy talk new to, you. to you. All right, be good. How do you like God that? St. John's Seton Hall, I never thought Listen that to you. Listen, you're up. a suck-up, Andy Furman. You you know you're not going to a luncheon down there, and you're like, yeah, hey, it sounds good, man. Well, no, no, I, I, really would, I really would like to go to that luncheon. It's pretty but big. But you're not I mean. going. I might. You never know. No, you're not. Why do you say that? Why? Because I th- know you. I you, know you're not going to you that You think I'm thing. a sedentary character, don't you? <laughs> I think that I'll set the betting line at plus 1250 wow. that you wow. actually go to that thing. That hurts me. It really does. It it's, really it's does. just the truth, man. It's the oh, truth. We'll see. Okay, the truth is this, that Tom Brady right now may have one more push left in him. We'll see. Uh-huh. Patriots are at home. They're playing the Jets today. And and let's figure this thing out here. For a number one seed, the Patriots need to win, and they need for the Chiefs and the Chargers to lose. They can clinch a first-round bye Mm -hmm. with a win with losses by the Ravens, Texans, and Titans. But the Patriots don't lose at home. I think the Patriots win this game today, and I think the Jets are getting something like 13-and-a-half today. Wow. Yeah, well, they just need to win, and they get the two seed, which would be a first-round bye. They're not going to get the number one overall seed. Like, that's... I don't. I I, I, I I meshed the NFL draft with number one overall with the seeding. It's just the one seed. They're not going to get the one seed with the Chiefs and the Chargers both losing. That's not going to happen. No. So they're probably going to win, and they're probably going to be the two seed. And this is important. Tom Brady said this. It's like when you have a bye, that's essentially like a playoff win. Right. And when you look at the playoffs this year, especially in the AFC, it is wide open. So to have a bye week when nothing is promised if you're playing on wild card weekend, that's a big, big deal. And the twist of fate was that Nick Foles, of all people, Eagles quarterback, he helped out the Patriots yes, with the His comeback win at yes. uh, against the Texans last week. It's amazing. It's amazing what that guy does. I mean, the more you degrade the guy, the better he does. Why does this have to be about me? Why, why? No, I mean, because <laughs> I love you. I mean, I mean, you yeah. gave him the name. Nick no, Fools. it's fair. I mean, come on. He is. He still is. But here's the deal. He is still Nick Fools because he's fooling people into thinking he's a true franchise quarterback. That's why I've said he's Nick Fools from the beginning. Right. He still is that guy. He's a, I'll say he's upgraded from a one-hit wonder to a two-hit wonder. <laughs> What he did in the playoffs last season was unbelievable. I can't take any credit away from him. And what he did last week and against the Rams the previous week collectively, it's been outstanding. You know, So I give him props. He's just not that guy going forward. He's much closer to Ryan Fitzpatrick 
than he is Tom Brady. He's not this franchise QB each and every year. He's a dude that can have some great stretches, and then he's like, oh, wait a minute, I'm Nick Foles. And then he goes back to doing Nick Foles-like things. But, I mean, look, he's playing great, Andy, and if you keep it just with 2018, he's given that team a real spark, and they have a chance. They still have a pulse in terms of a playoff spot if the Vikings lose and the Eagles win. Yeah, and they play the Redskins today. I think they'll do it again today. They'll make a three in a row. They should win today. And, and really, as much of a fool as you think he is, and he may very well be, he's nothing more than a journeyman quarterback. He's done wonders for that Eagles franchise, and they'd really be up the creek if they didn't have him. They would, yes. But, uh, you know, he's played a couple of good games in a row. I, I think the the real performance was last week against the Texans, who have a good defense. And when he threw for four touchdowns, and a ton of yards. You just can't undersell that performance. It's a great performance. They're chanting his name. He takes a hit right in the chest from Jadevian Clowney. He comes back in, leads a field goal drive. It was exceptional. It really was. So I'll give him credit, but at the same time, I'm not going to buy in and think what I'm seeing in the short term is going to apply to the long term. He's just not that guy going forward. I'm with you. And you mentioned the comparison to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I couldn't have said it better because you still don't know what you get with him because today they play the Redskins. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws three INTs. Just just (laughs) the way he is, right? And that's the thing, man. We know that the Eagles, they've got some real momentum going. But this is what tripped up the Eagles at the beginning of the year when they're expected to win. They just don't function the same way. When they're expected to win compared to when they're counted out and where they're, when they're the underdogs. And, ah, oh, there goes the season. It's over with. So they're expected to win today on the road against the divisional opponent. They should. You've got Josh Johnson back there under center. You've got a depleted Redskins team. So it should happen. But the point is, when the Eagles are expected, fully expected to win, that's the dynamic that has tripped them up this season. You're exactly right. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. Together we call it Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Is three the magic number? Well, Alex Marvez, the Sheik, explains that next. But first, to our guy, the rookie, Brian Fenley, <laughs> the, for the latest. The rookie. All right, I like it. It's turning into an annual tradition. Alabama and Clemson will rendezvous in the national championship game for the third time in four years. In Saturday's semifinals, Bama upchucked on Oklahoma 45-34. to Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa delivered four touchdowns. And in the other semi, Clemson manhandled Notre Dame 30-3. to Thanks to true freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence delivering three touchdown passes. And today, the NFL has reached its final Sunday of the regular season. League insider Adam Schefter says Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown is a game-time decision for today's game versus the Bengals. His knee injury kept him out of practice on Saturday. And Pittsburgh running back James Conner, his status for today's game will depend on how his injured ankle reacts to pregame warm-ups. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And in the NBA from last night, LaMarcus Aldridge played in the sixth gear. 
scored 38 points in the Spurs' 122-111 win over the Clippers. The Warriors took down the Blazers' 115-105. Jamal Murray, nine three-pointers, 46 points to lift the Nuggets over the Suns, 122-118. And finally, don't expect to see Lakers' LeBron James playing in today's game against the Kings. The Orange County Register reporting he will sit out a third game with a groin injury. Sounds like it hurts. Back to you. Thank you. Great job, Rook. Great job. Glad having you with us. Really An honor to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> have a great yeah, day. Really good. See you next week. The I Rook. I like there it. There you go. We have uh, Alex Marvez right around the bend. And about 10 minutes from now, Brian No one knows picks. But right now, let's go to the Fox Sports Celebrity Highline. He is a celeb. He's the voice of the NFL. He's the Sheik. He's Alex Marvez with Brian No and Andy Furman. Hello, Sheik. And Happy New Year to you and yours. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. By the way, December 30th, 2018, and, and Fox Sports Radio history will forever be known as the Noble. And this is where Brian No and Alex Marvez finally find out about these Philadelphia Eagles. Are they in the postseason or are they not? Now, listen, yeah. I thought they would win. I thought they'd win the division, so I'm going to throw a little bone to Brian there. I didn't think they could sneak in as a wild card, but that's exactly what's going to happen today. If they win and the Minnesota Vikings lose to Chicago, Wow, the Eagles sneak into the postseason. How do you like that? Let's talk about tomorrow, because tomorrow's Black Monday in the NFL. That's the day when coaches get copies of the home game. And I guess three seems to be the magic number, three non-playoff seasons, and the coach usually gets the gate. Reports have that Todd Bowles is out as a Jets coach. But who's going to join Todd Bowles on the unemployment line tomorrow? Well, I mean, that's, that's an interesting question. I think Todd made it four years, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's been the reign of misery that's gone on with the New York Jets. Right, Actually, but three yeah, non-playoff seasons, though. Three non-playoff seasons, correct. And you're right about that. And, and you know, for Adam Gase, it's going to be two non-playoff seasons, potentially. Listen, I know that there's a lot of dissatisfaction in South Florida right now because of the way this franchise is headed. They're in a salary cap mess. They don't have a franchise quarterback. They actually got older this past year rather than younger on the roster, thinking that they could make a championship run. Not so much out of the playoffs once again, and it may cost Adam Gase his job, although he could rebound pretty quickly end up somewhere else. You know, Dirk Cutter in Tampa Bay, it's been the Buccaneers haven't made the playoffs in more than a decade now. He seems to be in trouble, although in talking to him Friday night, he still hadn't heard from the Glazer family. He'd like to know sooner than later so he can move on with his plans, not only personally, but as assistant coaches. A lot of them are in the final year of their contract, and they're going to be wanted by teams around the NFL, specifically Todd Monken, their offensive coordinator, because he did such a great job helping the Bucks produce yards. Couldn't get the turnovers out of Jameis Winston, but not everyone is perfect. Who knows with Marvin Lewis, Andy Wright? I mean, that's you know that's a Mike Brown decision. It doesn't seem to matter. You know, playoffs, no playoffs, whatever. Uh, you know, and then you get Steve Wilkes, who might just be out of a gig after just one year by the Arizona Cardinals, and someone who tried to transform an entire organization roster-wise, different systems didn't work out too well for him. May not work out too well for their general manager, Steve Kime. And then we get to Vance Joseph and uh, Vance uh, Shaky situation with the Denver Broncos, to say the least. We'll see if he is kept there as head coach. I've gotten mixed signals over the weekend as to whether he will be back, but I am thinking he is in all likelihood done. All right, Alex, two things. First off, how much will you gloat if the Eagles do sneak into the playoffs? (laughs) And in all honesty, what's your prediction today? Is it going to be Vikings in or the Eagles in? I think the Vikings win this game, but so much of it is predicated, and this one is tricky. And oh no, I will be gloating quite a bit, but, but this, one is a, this one gets really tricky, okay? Because the 49ers are coming to the Rams, and listen, San Francisco has shown a lot of spunk at home, okay? But now 
They're without Matt Breida. You know, their wide receiver position mm-hmm. has been thinned by injury as well. There, there's not much left of the 49ers heading to play the Rams, albeit a Rams team that's without Todd Gurley. But, it, you know, and, and Matt Nagy, the Bears coach, has said it. He's watching the scoreboard. And if it looks like the Rams are blowing out the 49ers, he's going to start pulling guys off the field in the second half of the game. And, and yeah. you know, that obviously opens it up for the Vikings to win this one. But, you know, it's weird because I, I think the Vikings win just because this game means more to them in that they have to win and they're in where Chicago, unless the Rams were to really get upset and a huge upset, they know they're playing in that number three seed. So why not let the Vikings have to pull out all the stops to beat the Chicago Bears? You know how hard it is for a team to come up with an original game plan to beat someone one week and then come back and do the the same thing the next week? And that's sort of the situation where the Vikings are at. The Bears can play vanilla on offense and defense, you know, as vanilla as they want to be. And, you know, again, still show, you know, knowing, keeping that Rams game in mind, but they're able to not tip their hand as the stuff they show against the Vikings, knowing they're probably going to play them again next week. So that is significant, you know, for this Bears team, just having that that you know that luxury that they don't have to beat the Vikings to get an edge in the postseason. Alex Marvez, Andrew Luck can honestly cement that comeback Player of the Year award today because the wild card's on the line between the Colts and Titans. Win or go home. That's it. The Colts won earlier this year, thirty-eight ten. What do you like today? Because I think Luck's going to get it done. There are two things that these four men have in common. Jerry Gray, that you have um, Ray Horton, you have Dick LeBeau, and you have Dean Pease. They're not only all Tennessee Titans defensive coordinators, past and present, also none of them beat Andrew Luck during their time with the Titans. Andrew is 10-0 and against Tennessee in his career, not just against one style of defense, against four different styles of defense. To put in perspective how amazing the stat is, only John Elway in NFL history went 10-0 and against an opposing team, and that was when he was with the Broncos, obviously, playing against the New England Patriots of all teams. So, you know, that's, that's an amazing stat there regarding Andrew Luck and the success that he continues to have. You know, for the Titans, so much of it depends on Marcus Mariota because while Blaine Gabbert provided competent quarterbacking, I'm not going to go any more overboard than that, but he didn't commit a turnover in the second half against Washington, you're not going to get dynamic downfield plays from him either. You're not worrying about the scrambling ability. It just changes the complexion of this Tennessee offense if Marcus is unable to play or it just only plays for a little bit and gets taken out of the game. I, the Titans are 6-1 and one at home. They're the most disciplined team in football under Mike Frabel, the fewest penalties, and Derrick Henry has been on fire. But without Marcus Mariota, I think the Colts win this game, and Frank Reich gets his name squarely into the NFL Head Coach of the Year competition. You know, Alex, as long as you've been covering the NFL, you absolutely know about how weird Week 17 can get. There are these wild upsets. There are these strange outcomes. Do you see any game today that could affect playoff seeding, who gets into the playoffs, or you see some stunner about to unfold? Well, this Raiders team, I tell you, I mean, they're they're not great by any means, as we all know, at 4-11. and But, you know, defensively, the past three weeks, I think they've given up an average of about 300 yards a game while putting up some decent point totals. And Kansas City just is having its issues. And now with no Eric Berry potentially out there, this one mm. really could get interesting in Kansas City. I'm not saying, you know, expect the upset, but I, I just think the Raiders may give them a little bit of a tougher go than what we think. How about the Steelers? How are they going to look without Antonio Brown and without mm-hmm. potentially James Conner? You know, and both those guys being in question, that's a tricky one. Do the Denver Broncos rise up? 
you know, and, you know, it's, and they make their final statement game to try to keep Vance Joseph in his job as they host the Los Angeles Chargers today. Uh, you know, Broncos, though, just, just really without, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris Jr., it's a shell of a team that they once were. And, of course, all eyes on Cleveland and Baltimore. Can the Browns cap their season at 8-7-1, and one, knock the Ravens out once again in Week 17? Happened last year. Could it happen again this year? Wouldn't stun me if it did. Cleveland's playing some great football right now. And, and you know, the, the thing about that is, too, think about this. The Browns, they've probably been game-planning for this Lamar Jackson type of offense for weeks. And I say that because they know that, you know, they're not going anywhere. They didn't have to worry about, you know, I mean, you knew that you wanted to prepare for the next team. Don't get me wrong on your schedule. But for the Browns, you know, the more that the Ravens show this, this offense, the more the teams are able to try to defuse it. So I'm very curious to see how the Browns stand up against the Ravens team that, hey, they win, they're in. And that's an incredible thing for John Harbaugh and company considering where they were at midseason. Alex, let me leave you with this. One of the biggest fold jobs this year has to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they did it to themselves. They went from a commanding lead in the AFC North to perhaps now even on the outside looking in. They've got to win today against the Ravens, and if not, and the Ravens have to lose. I mean, honestly, they've got to beat the Steelers. I mean, they've yeah. got to beat the Bengals, and the Ravens have to lose. And if that happens, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's ugly. It really is. Well, yeah, I know, and then you know, again, more more fingers being pointed at Mike Tomlin. Mike, you right. have Ben Roethlisberger. It's like it's almost like Mike McCarthy syndrome in a way, right? You have Aaron Rodgers. Why don't you win the Super Bowl every year? You know, I mean, that's the feeling you know among a lot of Steelers fans with Ben Roethlisberger, and you got Antonio Brown, arguably the game's best wide receiver. If he's not, he's top three still, right? So you got him. You know, you had James Conner for a lot of the season, and the defense still the same problems. And I think that's where it gets frustrating. You know, the, the great play now in the front seven. But if those guys can't get to the quarterback, the back end just gets picked apart. And, and you know, we saw it again in crunch time last week. Uh, you know, and, of course, Mike putting himself on the hot, lead, hot seat against the Saints with that fake punt with five minutes left in the game that ended up blowing up in his face. So that becomes a big question for the Steelers organization. It, it, at 8-7-1, and one, is Mike Tomlin safe? Do you want to give him another go of it? Or do you move on? Do you wonder if his message has gotten stale? And I say that, Andy, because it's not the most disciplined of Steelers teams, both in the way that they conduct themselves uh, in the media the off-field drama that continues to swirl around this team, and just sometimes some really inopportune penalties for them. Uh, just ask Joe Hayden. Yikes. Not a good yeah. P.I. penalty Ugh. against Right. It is time to say happy and healthy New Year to you and yours. It's time to embarrass you and say, what a lovely family you have, because I got the card that you sent me, and it was wonderful. I didn't realize. I don't know if you photoshopped that or not, but it's a lovely family in that picture. So I want to wish you and yours a, a wonderful New Year's, and God bless you, and thank you for what you do for us every single week, Alex Morvez. Andy, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And yes, indeed, I will tell that family that lives down the street that that was a great photo since I popped in with them. They didn't really know what I was doing, um, you know. But I said, "Listen, just give me your ears and you know, give me your eyes and ears for a couple minutes, and then I'll be on my way." And so I will let them know. That's great. Thank you. You're the best. Okay, we'll talk to you next week in 2019. Thank you, Alex Marvez. Get him on Twitter, at Alex Marvez. He's Brian Noah, I'm Andy Furman, and we're going to tell you that it pays to listen to the radio. That's next. Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Nose picks coming right up. Don't go anywhere. About 11 minutes before the top of the hour. And, by the way, at the top of the hour, Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon, the two greatest fantasy football guys in the world. I promise you, if you like fantasy football, there's none better. And they'll be at the top of the hour. It's 9 o'clock Eastern. It's on iHeartRadio and the iHeartRadio app. It's on Sirius XM 83. And, of course, it's on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. But now it's time for my partner, Nose Picks. Do it! Are you ready for me? 
Sparky, here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for No's Picks. All right, Andy, I think it's the second straight week I went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Not easy to do. I've done it back-to-back weeks. What is going on? But forget about the past. It's all about the present. Right. I've got three picks for you, and I want the Andy Furman meter again. One, <laughs> total disagreement. Ten, complete agreement. All right? all right? Scale from one to ten. Do it. I'm looking at the Cowboys-Giants. The total is 41. How are they going to hit the over in this one? You're going to have the Cowboys resting most of their main guys. That's why they're six-point underdogs. And it's not like the Giants are a juggernaut offensively. You don't have Odell Beckham Jr. Saquon Barkley's been held in check recently. So I'm going to take the under 41. It's a low number, but I'm going to take the under in this Cowboys-Giants game. What do you think? Nah, I, I, I tell you what. I think the Giants win this game, number one, and I think the, to- the over's going to be like 43. So what, what ranking are you giving this? I'm going to give it about a four. Four. Okay. Strong yeah. disagreement. All right. Yeah, let's see if I can yeah. do better with the next picks. I'm looking at Carolina plus seven and a half going up against the Saints. We got Teddy Bridgewater, his first major action since 2015. Long road back. Hope he does well. But I hope he doesn't cover the spread because <laughs> I'm going with Carolina here. New Orleans offensive line is completely banged up. So you're asking Teddy B- Teddy Bridgewater with a banged up offensive line and some of their skill position players resting, having nothing on the line whatsoever to win by eight points. I know Kyle Allen is getting his first start over there, third string quarterback for the Panthers. It's a divisional game. I think the Panthers can keep it close. I'm going to take the seven and a half. What do you think? I like this. I'll give you a nine on this one. Okay, you like that pick. Yeah, I do. Okay, now you got to be crazy every now and then, right? Right. If you look at the Detroit Lions, who would want to take the Detroit Lions right now? The money is just flowing in on the Green Bay Packers. It's risen there an eight point favorite. Why? It's not like the Packers are a juggernaut this year. I know the Lions can't score, but the Packers don't play great defense. I'm going to take the eight points and go with the Lions. I'm what do you say, you. Andy? I give You're you a with 10 me. on this one. I give a you a 10? 10? I like this wow. one a lot. Yes. All right, fair enough. We'll see how I fare. Andy, it's that time for us to go our own way. Anything that you want to throw out there, what do you yes. have for us today? Yes, I love this. A man in Maryland had an unusual lucky couple of days. He scored a $100,000 lottery jackpot the day, get this, after winning a radio calling contest. 44-year-old guy from Falston, Maryland, told the Maryland lottery officials he won a radio calling contest for a book, and the next day his luck struck a second time when he got the $100,000 crossword scratch-off ticket he bought from where? A Wawa convenience store in Falston, Maryland. That turned out to be the top prize winner. How do you like that? Back to back. Back to back, baby. Go ahead. Man, that's pretty good right there. I got it two for you real quickly. How about this? Steve Weish of NFL Network, he tweets, I spoke to Chargers tight end Antonio Gates today. The likely future Hall of Famer indicated that his 16th season might not be his last At least in his mind, he's loving how he feels, his teammates and coaches, how this season has played out, and more. So maybe Antonio Gates back for another season. How about that, Andy? I love that. I love that. And then one one more here with Kyrie Irving, Boston Celtics guard. He encountered a homeless man, and after hearing about the man's struggles, he gave him 240 bucks. That's a pretty good haul. 
240 bucks? And then he said the earth was flat. <laughs> and the homeless yeah. guy said, I don't care. 240 works for me. There you go. I love it. Good move there. Very good. Happy New Year to you as Mr. Note. See you next week. Happy New Year. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.